0: Kevin Smith's latest flick, Yoga Hosers, is now streaming courtesy of Flixfling. See the film the way some would say it would be best seen, while you're blazed and surfing the internet
1: in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Feel like a 12-year-old girl again, even if you never actually were one. Yoga Hosers, it's a kid's movie, from the guy who made his career
0: with clerks and then tried to destroy it with Tusk. Rent or own Yoga Hosers right now on Flixfling.
2: She said, what do you call
0: it when your dreams have all died? And what do you call it when every breath's a sigh? And what do you call it when you just can't go on? And you
1: wish in the end would come sooner.
0: Well, I pondered a oh, okay. question okay.
1: and I'll put that in the time. Uh-huh. It'll be like a it's that, well, it's is that what it is? sample yeah. So let's call it a nooner. nooner. So we're using
3: stolen music? We
1: are, no, we're using call sample music. Ah. Good morning everybody. Welcome to the Smodco Nooner Show. I'm a host, my name is Marty. Good
3: morning. I'm Cassandra. I am also a host.
1: Hey, Cassandra, we missed you last week. I missed um, you guys, too. We had a, a friend uh, come by named Jason, and uh, maybe he'll come by again and you can meet him. He's quite a, quite a, a Is feller. Is he funnier than me? Um, I don't know, think that's humanly possible. Thank you. Um, but he does call ladies, girls, and that Giselle was quick to, to disabuse him of that. Oh, good. Um, yes. Uh, so... <laughs> Oh, he's very, he's old. So yeah, um, where were you last week?
3: Oh, God. um, I had to, I had to do just the most Hollywood day. I had to get my picture taken. For what? For headshots.
1: Because
3: oh. my hair is short.
1: Um, yeah, your hair is very cute. Mm-hmm. And it's darker. Mm-hmm. For fall.
3: It's actually really messy right now Um, on purpose. Oh. Because, uh, yeah. uh, I've gotten now my second audition in a row where they say no makeup. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I get the note afterwards. Should have worn makeup. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: That's yeah. Not um, quite.
1: Well, that's good. Was it for? Is it for something good today? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Um, they're all good. I mean, you know, aren't yeah, they? I guess so. The fact that they're here. Yeah. The fact that they exist. They're I good. Know.
1: When they exist, they're good. Yeah. Actually, so,
3: maybe later down the line I'll go. eh, it's a bad one. But for now, they're all good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I went in for what is it the America Ferrara show called? Supermarket.
3: Superstore.
1: Superstore. Been went in for that. What
3: a couple times. network is that on?
1: I don't know. Has anyone seen it? Tweet in. I see. New yeah, n- yeah, podcast. Like, if you if it's any good, and there's no way for us to figure out how it works. One
3: to- of my old improv teachers, Colton Dunn, is on that show. And he, and he's hilarious. Hilarious. But I, and I see the, I see the ads everywhere for that show and the, for your considerations. And I'm like, I've never seen a commercial for this show in my life. I've never, I've only seen posters around Hollywood. I, it doesn't, where they don't even tell you what network it's on. It's on the fucking side of the Warner Brothers studios. And I still. I think that's don't where
1: you watch it. Like every week, people, like, they sit folding you chairs. You, see,
3: you just stare at the fucking poster yeah. and you're like, oh, this deserves an Emmy for sure.
1: Yeah. So tweet in if uh, that's your jam. Um, we got Vincent in Hong Kong putting him to sleep. Oh, it's going to happen fast, Vincent.
3: Good night, baby.
1: <laughs> uh Jenny Marie. Senior Smoke, Chris Brown, Chris Miller. And. Uh, Tyson and Darren Manning, the, the uh, Tumblr page, that's uh, noonerpodcast.tumblr.com. And we still have room in the sack, that's uh, gmail.com.
3: So, Thank you, Chris uh, Miller. There is no substitute for me. Hey, I'm about to say something controversial. What? I never want to hear Sublime. I want back practice San Maria. Like, I ain't ever. got no crystal ball. <laughs> so, I had a yeah exactly i think i'd rather hear other people sing it i guess but then also no why is that
1: i mean i kind of feel the same way obviously i know the songs or some of them and um, they're kind of fun to sing
3: i think it's uh i blame k-rock
1: oh fuck you k-rock
3: yeah because i was driving over here and i had the radio on you
1: mean Uh, modern rock k-rock playing 25 year old songs
3: like what in the world is up with that? You know. Yeah. They play the same fucking ten songs yeah. on they have loop. like
1: a, a playlist of like two hundred songs, mostly from like ninety two to like ninety nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then.
3: So it's like when I hear Sublime come on, like they write that, da, 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 like the whole thing, I'm just like, oh fuck, like shut, I can't. Yeah. And some people fucking love Sublime, and I know that, and so I, that's why I'm. Willing to take the blows for this, but you know he's a
1: pretty good guitarist. That Brad, what's his name? The the dead guy. The dead guy and
3: and Jenny Marie says (laughs) that Superstore is on NBC. Of course it is. That's why I haven't seen it.
1: Aww. (laughs)
3: Bam.
1: Damn. By the way, uh, Cassandra auditioning for an NBC show this afternoon.
3: Shit. (laughs) Lucy's
1: NBC big followers of our show.
3: Nah, bro. This Uh, is a fucking live streaming shit. I don't need NBC. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Uh, I have, you know, I've been like trying to think of things to talk about in the news and like... Brad
3: and Angelina broke up.
1: And Anthony Bourdain and his wife are breaking up, which means...
3: He's married? Yeah. Well, no, because he travels all the time.
1: I know. So I think that Angelina and and Tony Bourdain met at an airport terminal. Shut up. When she was doing some UN work. Shut up. It's true. I think so? uh, Yeah, I saw an Instagram thing.
3: I don't I heard, even know what that is. I heard on Perez. You don't know what Instagram is?
1: I don't know what an Instagram thing is.
3: <laughs> okay. Just, an IG post? Okay. I um. I heard on the radio this morning when I was avoiding Sublime, Perez Hilton talking about how Angelina Jolie wants cust- like full custody of, of all, all six, six of kids, their kids.
1: Yes. But Brad would get visitation, rights.
3: How are you going to do that when he, he's been in their lives for 12 years? He must be a shitty dad.
1: Do you think that Brad saw the movie that she directed and was like, oh, I can't believe I'm part, of, I'm part of that." You know, Unbroken. He was like, you know, like the, "I'm the, about to make this the, the by the sea one or whatever." He's in
3: that. That's his goddamn fault. I
1: know, but he's like, "Oh, I trusted her."
3: Team Angelina. Um, Take your goddamn keys.
1: <laughs> How do you feel about that? Does what 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 does does that make? Does that I'm make just you?
3: barely reeling over the fact that like Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt broke up. <laughs> And that Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton aren't together anymore. So, uh,
1: they Brad and Jennifer used to have a well. They would have their two houses, one in Beverly Hills and one in like Los Feliz. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the assistant at the time was would just have to do the most banal things. And so, like at one point, like one of them was driving, like called up the Beverly Hills house, and said, oh, hey, so-and-so, I just left the Los Feliz house. I left my cigarettes. Can you go pick them up? And that was the only time, well, that was the first time she said no to them. Because it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just, like, stop at a 7-Eleven, get your fucking cigarettes.
3: Or ask the assistant to buy cigarettes. Or
1: turn around and get your cigarettes, you know?
3: That just seems like it's just easier to ask your assistant to buy new cigarettes than to go all the way to Los Feliz. Or yes, stop smoking, fucking, huh?
1: Or stop smoking.
3: Oh, well, that's not an option. It's the nineties.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was going through the uh, the news, and yes, I saw that Brangelina is going to no longer. What, what would they be after Brangelina? Just
3: Brad and Angelina. Oh, yeah.
1: separately. Brad and Angelina. Oh, that's Brad Pitt and Angelina. That's catchy. Julie. I like that. Run with it. Okay. Um, and
3: I mean, there stuff did happen in the news. You know that, right?
1: I don't know. No. There was a bombing in what? in
3: New York, and yeah. um, and then uh, and another, another unarmed black man was killed, and
1: yes, um, oh,
3: Hillary Clinton had pneumonia.
1: Hmm. Oh, and we talked last week about uh, that that epipen business, and of course, the hacker community has come up with a solution. Um, that uh, they, if you look up, um, hacker. Uh, what is it?
3: EpiPen Hacker Epi Anonymous. EpiPen Hacker,
1: yeah. Uh, there's a, a guy... Oh, it's called Four Thieves Vinegar. Their mission is to create free medicine for everywhere, for everyone. They came up with a homebrew EpiPen called the Epipencil. Um,
3: I don't know about homebrew EpiPencil.
1: Yeah, well, then there's also the... There's another doctor up in, like, um, Wisconsin or something who invented a $30 EpiPen, too. So uh, there are alternatives, and this is this is why... Good journalism results in um, change, so hopefully, what w- that will happen. Uh, it's a little weird. I was just listening, uh, just reading about how the the bomber the, mm-hmm. or all the different bombs were like like six different types of bombs that this guy made, mm-hmm. like pipe bombs and different explosives, and it's just kind of um, brings up a lot of questions, like what was what his.
3: Uh, I smell the next Breaking bed. Oh, there you go instead of making math a chemist makes pipe bombs
1: and too soon you yeah, think yeah i think so okay yeah just wait till tomorrow wait I, don't till know if,
3: I don't know if america's ready for that
1: um and then you've got all this this crazy it's i'm i'm so fascinated by donald trump and i just want to see him just like eat shit but like it doesn't happen like right last <laughs> night Um, I want to see him explode Seth Meyer just called him like actually both he and um, Samantha B just called him out on his birther bullshit like basically said Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after he said uh, he blamed Hillary Clinton for starting the birther movement and he said I ended it period both of them their response was fuck you like Mm -hmm. they both said that and it's like because it's fuck you like he's a it's, it's just blatant outright lies and nobody seems to care like the,
3: I think we're all numb to it now because it's just so. been so much, and
1: it, nobody changes their mind. Um, like, I mean, it's amazing how Teflon coded his his representatives are. They just whatever they. Whenever you say something bad about Trump, they say, "Well, what about those thirty thousand missing emails?" Well, actually, that, that's not what we're asking. We're asking about. Donald oh Trump.
3: yeah, they just flip it immediately to talking about Hillary Clinton and rather than just, addressing like, it. No
1: change of uh, no facial expression. Did you see
3: all. the the campaign manager woman that he has like on Bill Maher? Yeah, she like she,
1: she refused to answer any questions, but was just glided through, and everything got turned back to well. I'm the just polls say. I'm ready for it to
3: be over.
1: I know, so, I so that's why I don't even anymore. want to think about it. I just
3: can I tell you a joke that I heard about it though? It better be funny. Yeah. Oh,
1: I forgot. You're the funny one.
3: Right, yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, he said it was uh, the perfect analogy for um, the this presidential campaign is the iPhone Seven doesn't have a headphone jack, but the Galaxy Note Seven literally explodes in your hand. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it
1: is funny. Uh, I didn't make it up. Uh, who, uh, who gets credit? I
3: don't know. Uh, Whoever wrote it in a stupid tweet.
1: Um, <laughs> well, today I wanted to like we had some. Um, a call in oh by the way should i put on the do people who want to You know, i'm going to start the the skype machine and see if that happens.
3: when happens did anything. you decide that you had too many laptops because you have four in just in front of me and there's five that you're lifting up in your hand finally a mac here i'm like look at this pc guy yikes
1: uh well this
3: schmoogle make you like pcs
1: no no actually that the the Mac is from Schmoole. Oh,
3: yeah? That yeah. makes sense. And Industry standard.
1: And that's the, the Android and then three Windows computers. It's, it's a little sad. <gasps> okay, so that's the Skype machine. For this first hour, we're going to focus on the origin story of Cassandra.
3: What?
1: Yeah, that's right.
3: Oh, because we're doing origin stories. Origin stories. Has anyone else gone yet?
1: So, no. Uh, well, Kruger did it a long time ago. Okay, cool. And, um. And Giselle will be in later, and John is taking a break. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, to hang out any, with his kids or whatever? Yeah, or whatever. I mean, like, he doesn't see them every day. He's you probably
3: know? doing some other fucking Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> he's, doing,
1: he's doing triplet peaks. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to um, ask Colin with a question for Cassandra, we can Skype in at or Podcast. Um, so. What? Wow. You were born a poor black child.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And w- in Hawaii,
1: you were born in Hawaii, really? No, oh.
3: I was born in Anaheim. Oh,
1: okay. So, um, you're born in Anaheim. Yeah. And how were your parents in Anaheim?
3: Um, my dad went to Cal State Fullerton.
1: Okay, which is close by.
3: Yeah, and my mom, my mom was a nurse. I don't know. I don't know specifically how she ended up in. Um, in Orange County, but she was. And I think that she was in Fullerton as well. Okay. And then when they and then they started dating, and because she was his nurse. Oh. hmm And then uh, they got a place in Anaheim.
1: Uh huh. I've seen I've seen movies about that or short videos and you know. Porn.
3: Call it. it what you will. Call okay. It what you will.
1: I don't like to put labels on things. This
3: would be pretty fetishy because my dad's blind. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. He was blind.
1: Oh. Um like a hundred percent like born blind
3: big time- no, 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 he went blind in his twenties as a complication of diabetes oh shit mm-hmm.
1: wow uh so um that must be so hard to to like to like when you're young, you can adapt really quickly, you know
3: yeah, i mean he didn't didn't seem hard from his perspective, he kind of we
1: didn't have a choice yeah, yeah,
3: well, and he pulled it together, i mean yeah. he worked he was. He was still in college you know like he he applied for law school and got in and then didn't go because he just wanted to see if he could do it and he worked as a spanish to english interpreter over the phone
1: oh and so. did he learn how to read braille
3: Mm-hmm. and he had a talking computer which was like this is the early 90s so wow. this was fucking big time technology that talking computer
1: and um and is he no longer with us yeah Uh, diabetes complications? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry.
3: Gotta be careful, yeah. you guys. If you have, if you're pre-diabetic or if you're diabetic at all, get your shit together.
1: I was going through um, someone I know's an older person's fridge and it was just full of soda. And I was like, you can't drink this, you're pre-diabetic. And... He goes, no, no, no. It's okay. I'm pre-diabetic. I'm not. Yeah, diabetic. no. You're
3: until you're becoming diabetic. And then
1: I'm like, no, you, you can. You're, you, you know, this is why you're pre-diabetic. And he's like, no, it's okay. I'm taking medicine for it.
3: If it should scare you away from soda or alter- and like, and like, be- alternative sugars in general, like processed foods. There's doctors now who are considering Alzheimer's to be the third type of diabetes because of how the direct links between diabetes and aspartame and sugar abuse. It leads to Alzheimer's and wait, dementia wait. in your later life. Aspartame so if you, or sugar,
1: both. So, if you take both,
3: well, aspartame has been linked to, di- to, to Alzheimer's disease as much as it's been linked to a lot of other things. But when you have diabetes, like, and you and you have complications with diabetes, and you don't take care of yourself, if the diabetes doesn't kill you first, you've vastly, vastly, vastly increased your chances of becoming uh, having dementia, and Alzheimer's disease. Well, that's so if. You aren't scared enough. You should be.
1: Right. And never mind how the sugar lobby had been bribing uh research scientists for years to put the blame on obesity on fat instead of sugar.
3: Dirty stuff, man.
1: Dirty stuff.
3: Guys eat butter and eat
1: and that's it. And scoops don't and don't eat
3: some go whole milk instead of skim milk.
1: There you go. There you go. And uh don't eat uh margarine and sugar together, even though it's delicious.
3: Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of my origin story. I uh, And a little bit is like my pat what I, what makes me angry and passionate, like how Batman is angry and passionate about oh, not using guns. Right, and, right, right. And avenging his parents. I feel like I'm avenging my father by getting people to stop eating sugar.
1: And how, um, like, were you guys close? When
3: yeah. Guys, I mean, I was eight. Uh-huh. I think every eight year old's pretty close. Unless you're not, I don't know. Yeah, well, I I was.
1: (laughs) It's kind of up to him too, you know.
3: Yeah, no, he was because he was stay at home Uh because he did the his work on the phone.
1: Uh huh. That's great. And uh, and did he have trouble adhering to uh, like a diabetic lifestyle? Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, he was just careless. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: And my mom was overweight also at the time, uh so she didn't. I mean, even though she was a nurse and tried to... It was one of those things where, like, do as I say, not as I do kind of situations, which, you know, because she was a nurse, so she could tell him, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this. But meanwhile, she was eating this.
1: Right, right.
3: She was type 2 diabetic.
1: Oh, okay. Shit runs hard. Yeah.
3: But she got it reversed because she got gastric bypass.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, she looks great. She looks great now.
3: Lost all that weight.
1: Yeah. Uh, And so, did you have any siblings growing up? Um.
3: I have a uh, an older brother right. who's twenty years older than me, Right, right. and then I have a um, a sister who's actually a cousin, but we grew right. up next to like so close.
1: A- after eight, or a- like what, what, like your entire life?
3: Once I moved to Colorado when I was you two. Guys, when you're two, okay. So as for as long as I remember.
1: So you were in Colorado uh, in your formative years until like you were a teenager. Thirteen. Right? Thirteen. Yeah. So at that time, like for a lot of that time you were you were uh, just had your mom mm-hmm. and did you know that you wanted to be were you a performer then yep like in what
3: I started doing um, Well,
1: you did uh, the glee club or whatever
3: well that was in high school I was already in California by then okay but I was doing um, sorry I looked at Jenny Marie's my dad source he's too old to change his food habits at this age I can't reason with him he's also voting for drunk. uh
1: who yeah. knows yeah I mean, at some point, you know, my grandmother when she was really sick, she loved to go out and this is crazy, like, you know, she yeah. just loved to eat bad food and, and my mother would complain and, you know, and say like, you know, to the doctor and say like, what can we do? And you know, she always wants to go out to, to eat whenever I visit and we, she eats bad food and eats too much sodium. And then the doctor was like, she's 88. Like, right. She's lived a long life. Let her enjoy herself. And I kind of feel like if you've lived that long, you might as well just do the things you like. Yeah, it's but, more
3: the people who are in their forties and fifties right, right. and sixties, even,
1: and have all the warning signs shown to them, and they're not and have
3: yeah. adult children or children, children for that matter. Right. Um. What was I saying? Mm. Oh. Talking about
1: performing as a.
3: Kid. Oh yeah, yeah. I started doing. Um, I got kind of plucked out at an early age in like uh, elementary school to start doing. Um it's was called odyssey of the mind and then it became destination imagination but it was like these little performance group things that would compete and there was improv and um one of the ones that i did in middle school like we had like the category that we were in we had to build a like papier mache pasta structure explain yeah like we had to write a scene that somehow incorporated Putting weights on top of a paper mache pasta structure. So we're being graded on how strong our structure is and how much weight it can hold before it breaks and our scene and how we bring it in and the day of the competition. They'll give you some shit like a spatula and be like, make sure you use this in your scene too. And
1: And so, then they grade you or they
3: It you, was a competition. Uh, but I don't think I knew it was a competition until what that year with the pasta structure we like placed i don't don't
1: understand what a pasta structure is
3: it's i mean i know right no it's you're doing like paper mache with pasta and just building like like a box or like whatever like you can build and um then you put weights on it
1: i i can't even visualize that why do you put weights on it
3: that's just that was part of the that was part of the challenge They had all these weird challenges, like for each scene and you pick which scene like you pick which category you want to be. So we picked that year, we're like, okay, well we'll do the pasta structure challenge. So we make this big like scene that we had like, you know, a month or so to work on, meanwhile always practicing how to make these pasta structures so that we have the best one, you know, or like figuring out the different like, you know, ways to build it, like maybe we cross the pastas in the middle so that it's stronger, like it was a all-around brain So around it's a, a mix thing. of
1: engineering and improv.
3: Yes. And and scene writing. And, and scene
1: writing. Yeah. That's crazy.
3: It was. It was pretty gnarly. But so I kind of...
1: And you're like, mm, do I want to build bridges out of pasta or go
3: into... The I acting? had a lot of skills coming into this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, I just really liked the performing aspect of it. And I liked it so much. And my brother was a stand-up comedian over in California. And I knew that. And so... I, does he
1: still? Does he still? I think do? he
3: still does.
1: But you're not close to him, or?
3: Well, we're in, It's not that we're not. We're not close in location. Oh, I see. So I'm pretty sure he does. I don't know that. Have you
1: seen ever seen his stuff?
3: Oh yeah, is yeah, it, a lot. Is it funny? It it was at the time. Yeah. yeah. My, you know.
1: Yeah, stand up's different these days, right?
3: Yeah, but he's not. Right. Feel right. you know I me? Mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I I think I I think it was like watching like Hillary Duff host like some sort of stupid MTV show like just like infuriated me. Um because I liked her on Lizzie McGuire, but I also like was jealous of her um because she was a couple years older than me. I was also jealous of Emma Watson cuz she was my age and she was on she was get she got Harry Potter and stuff right. like that. And so I was like sitting in Colorado like, you know, just jealous and angry and watching these girls who were my age, like be on television. Cause there was another time in my life where I wanted to be a vet, but like I specifically wanted to be on emergency vets on the animal planet. So like Ah, I knew that I, I, there was always this thing inside me was like, I want to be on television. And so I think I saw Hillary Duff hosting this thing and, by this point, my dad had passed away. You know, my brother lives in Southern California. It's where my mom's from. Like, we're just in Colorado. And I told my mom, I was like, please, 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 please move me to California. I want to be an actress, please. And she was like, okay. And so we packed our shit up and we left. And, um, you know, it was obviously a little bit on and off. I haven't been acting consistently since I was thirteen years old. You know, because I did stop to do show choir and stuff to right. get tattoos and be angsty and like stop to mission do stand accomplished. Up. Yeah, stop to go to college for a second and then drop out so I can start again. So yeah, but it was my mom.
1: That's we, awesome.
3: Yeah, she's she's good. She's cool. Yeah, I would supportive.
1: I, oh man, we have to have her back on the show.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's cool because like you know she's a nurse and when you're a nurse. You, you can work. You it. can work anywhere. Yeah. Hi,
1: so yeah. That's great. Uh is she she's retired though, right? Yes. Yeah. Good Big for her. time retired. Yeah. Um in her Oregon compound or no Washington State compound. She's
3: in Washington and then she's in Yuma. So I think she's in Arizona right now. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: Um but is it a compound where you know, where they're like
3: Only seniors?
1: No, where they're like <laughs> listen to Alex Jones and,
3: and No. <laughs> <you know. laughs> no, no. That would make her seem a little too liberal. In my opinion, yeah. Uh,
1: so, okay, and so when you came out here, like, what? How did you have a plan as a thirteen-year-old to like become an actor? Like, did you uh, did did your did you take classes? Did you-
3: yeah. Um, well, since my brother was already out here doing stuff in Orange County, like, you know, he hooked me up with a headshot photographer, and um, you know, he had a friend who was also a comedian who booked a lot of commercials, so like, he helped. Um, he helped like me submit to agents and stuff like that. Right. Like hard copy. This is black and white headshot oh, yeah. days. I
1: had that my first headshots were black and white. So are mine. And, like, yeah. All of a sudden like color. Wait a second.
3: I feel like it happened immediately. Like as I send out my black and white headshots, like my agent who I ended up getting was like color. But um, I got a good agency when I was young. Because <laughs> it, it's easy or it's easier when you're a kid.
1: What? Savage? Green and Associates.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, so I was going out on a lot of really big auditions and All right. um but I was kind of this awkward I was kind of this awkward girl because I was a little chubby and
1: you know. Were you taller too?
3: Yeah. So yeah. I was I was going out on awkward roles and being told I was too chubby and I was going on like fat girl roles and being told I was too skinny and then I was going out that's on that's like,
1: not bad for a teenager to receive those mixed messages.
3: Yeah, especially when those mixed messages continue into her twenties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. uh, You're just perfect.
3: At this point, it's my fault. Um but uh
1: Well did that fuck with you though? Like
3: not really. I mean, I, I've always kind of had pretty thick skin. I mean, it was definitely the first time in my life that I was having adults consider me or call me fat, you know, Uh because I'd been bullied in middle school. But, like, it was the first time that, you know, an adult was like, you need to lose weight. And I'm like, (gasps) because, like, how do you even know? I don't even, like, I'm thinking about it now. And I don't even know how to make a teenager lose weight, you know? But, like, also that's important, going back to my fucking soapbox diabetes thing, is that you've got these kids who are so overweight. And, like, how do you make... It it all comes down to their diet, I guess, because kids have metabolisms going no matter what. And it's not like they're not active unless, I mean, maybe they are now with video games, but I never played video games or anything. Like I moved around. Right. I just wasn't eating well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really think that's a a huge deal. Like my friend Phil, who's been on the show, Mm -hmm. he, he, uh, his kids, like they have no interest in soda because he's never, they've never had it. And they love like eating vegetables. They, because that's like that's all they they know right and so they don't have this exposure to junk food to like to know that that's uh and i don't f- like they genuinely love eating so it's not like they've been denied or anything like that right like, and i think that takes a lot of discipline as a parent because it is just easy to be like juice box juice box juice box you know
3: yeah well and you know my mom was working a lot so it was right. kind of like
1: and so he has his wife is a stay at home mother so yeah, she's really really easier. Re- regimented and disciplined about it i that.
3: did cut soda i cut soda when i was uh, 14 cuz i had an anxiety attack and so i um like my first big anxiety attack first of many yes
1: uh-huh go yeah, on
3: not perfect you guys
1: oh guys we're getting in deep
3: yeah i was like yeah. how deep do you want to go well, fuck
1: you mary you don't you know really, nothing this
3: going to be real dark I'm like, I was just thinking, I was like, should I save this for WTF?
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> said, this is the world that Cassandra leaves <laughs> like this stuff is too juicy for like this streaming. no I was like no yeah. not,
3: not as many people listen to this as WTF. <laughs> you, not nearly you enough. could still
1: save it for that yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. a WTF and it so, a surprise for 99.9% of the people
3: pretty much time. but um, yeah I, I, I had an anxiety attack and um, I remember the next day still feeling super fucked I don't know if anybody I'm sure that I've never
1: had one before I mean I feel anxious all the time but I've never had a genuine like panic attack or anxiety attack, like did it strike out, out of nowhere?
3: Out of nowhere. Just dizziness. We were at an in and out. We we're at, My brother's father, because we have different dads, um, he committed suicide. And so we were in a U-Haul driving up to Washington to get his effects, you know? And on the way there in an in and out, I just all of, me, all of a sudden had this monster anxiety attack. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know what was going on. My mom, luckily, nurse is like you're having an anxiety attack, you know, whatever. And that was the whole road trip up to Washington from like Santa Clarita up. A joy, I'm sure. So like twelve trapped in a yeah, a twelve hour road trip, like with my mom and my brother, and like the bench seat of a U-Haul, just like. Trying to like Keep pull together. It together, Keep it together when I have no idea what's going on. I've obviously like you know that was uh, over ten years ago, so I've been able. I have control of did, my anxiety now.
1: Did you see someone for that?
3: No. Just, just like dealt with it. No, because I. This is really deep. I'd gone. I'd gone to therapy in middle school because I was getting bullied a lot, and so I was having some problems. I was getting in fights, and um, they tried to pin this. This is. They tried to pin these fights on repressed sadness from my father passing away when it was in actuality. I was just getting, getting bullied. bullied. So my therapist, rather than talking to me about these things, instead prescribed me Prozac, which my mom kept me on for about a week before she was like, you're not the same person. And like, luckily she did that. But right. another soapbox moment, don't put your fucking kids on medication unless they have some serious problems that are making, that's affecting like schizophrenia or bipolar. But like to tell a kid who's being bullied, Oh, you're just depressed. Let me give you this medication rather than like work through what bullying means and what bullying feels like. It just, it's infuriating. Right. So no, I did not go to therapy for my anxiety. I just kind of, I cut caffeine and I just started working on it did you Myself. ever
1: and you never smoked pot or anything?
3: I had. I started smoking pot, um actually before this. I started smoking pot when I was When did I start smoking pot? Oh, when I was fourteen. Uh thirteen or fourteen I started smoking pot because oh, I I right. went back to Colorado for a summer from being yeah. in here. And uh so I started smoking pot and it did not make me feel better.
1: Right. It right. was,
3: like, awesome at first, and then, like, one time I got, like, violently too high, and I was like, I'm gonna have an anxiety attack! Shit! The fear is coming! The fear is coming! Yeah, so I stopped. I- I'll do it occasionally, but other right. than that, I but just associate the two. Yeah, so that's, that's fair.
1: Um, okay, so you're... Oh, did you fuck kids up when you got in fights?
3: I didn't fuck kids up, but I mean, I, I mean, got,
1: I'm scared of you. I like,
3: had, I had, you know, I, I gotten some run-ins with some teachers and like making scenes in classes. And then I, I'd only gotten in like one physical education before they were like, Meh, there's problems, you know? Right. So, right. um,
1: but like, I mean, yeah, bullying. Have, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I was never bullied. Thankfully. Um,
3: It wasn't as bad as it could have been and I know that now, you know, but like I just I've never been the type of person like even though I was very alternative and gothy and like, you know, in my own world and I wasn't making a lot of effort to be popular because I just knew that it was a lost cause because I, you know, this is the Colorado. This is, you know, this is blonde, skinny, pretty girls and like, you know, I'm not that and so I was just like, well, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to... Create my own friends group, and we're gonna be our thing. So I was always kind of like, if you're gonna bully me, I just I'm not the sit there and take it kind of person. I mean, obviously I'm grown up now, but like right. when I was teenager, it wasn't. Did
1: you have lots of friends then?
3: I had like five friends.
1: And were you funny?
3: Yeah, I've always been funny. <laughs> that's always in my shtick. Of course. Yeah, um, that's what I've been known for.
1: She's. You've always said that you've been funny.
3: Yeah, I've always. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's always been my thing
1: uh senior smoke said this is wth with marty U." that's
3: what the heck yeah what the heck what the heckers what the what the heckians what does he say in the <laughs> <Yeah>. beginning <laughs> I'm gonna play guitar for like 10 minutes and then i'll let you yeah, hear my interview
1: yeah you can hear me like sing acapella sublime for 10 minutes and then uh yeah. i'll come in and i'll talk about my dogs for a little bit and then, then we get right into it yeah get into the meat of it uh i yeah i just listened to the one with uh John Mulaney and uh, Nick Kroll and,
3: and he does both of them at the same time.
1: Yeah, because they're going on Broadway. Right, right, right. Yeah, and
3: I, it sounds like a good one.
1: It's uh, yeah, and I mean actually they're one. Of, they did Fresh Air together. And that was it, really funny too. They're they're like John Mulaney is like one of the funniest. Unreal. Guys. And then you know I auditioned for a couple times for his TV show and I was like so excited and like reading the sides <laughs> and they're so terrible.
3: He if you he talks he gets pretty open about that on uh the Pete Holmes' podcast. Oh really?
1: Well he gets into it too on, on uh Fresh Air and he just said like it crushed him. Oh yeah. Like I mean it really like destroyed his his, his self esteem and like and then he and Nick Kroll are really good friends and so literally like like as part of his therapy, like they decided to do this show together and they you know it's a mm-hmm. it's a two man show. They play these old like New York um Jews. Well, I guess one of them is not a Jew, but he might as well be because uh, when, you're, when you get old in New York, you just naturally become a Jew. Sure. <laughs> kind of the thing. I forget the joke, but, but uh, and then they, they bring in people from the audience. It's half scripted, half improv. It's,
3: a, have you seen it? No. You saw, you saw I it? saw it, yeah. The Midge took me on my birthday oh. when it was here. By it, the it way,
1: is, I love the Midge. He's the best. He's a class act. Like I knew he was going to be funny and sharp, but I didn't know he was going to be so put He's cl- together. He's, He's
3: classy. People, people make fun of us cause they like look at how he dresses and then they see me with my stupid pigtails and stuff. And they're like, that's fun. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> that's different. Well, that's a thing. That's weird. We'll,
1: we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Cut no, to it's two good. years later.
3: Up uh, the track guys. Uh, it's a great show. Yeah. If it comes back to LA, I'll go see it again every time because it's so good.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I would like to go see. I have, a, I have an in to go see tickets in New York, but I just don't. It's only going to be till like January and I don't know if I can get to New York before then. Yeah, no. But um, And so who did they bring on stage for?
3: Andy Samberg.
1: That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. That you, was cool. That's really cool. And I guess they're going to have a bunch of Broadway people on in New York.
3: Oh, good. Yeah. So I don't want to see it in New York because I don't know any Broadway people. Oh, yeah.
1: Kristen who? <laughs> Jenna what? Oh, right. So uh, Joseph Douglas said that he had his first panic attack in sixth grade when I couldn't catch my breath and fell in the classroom floor crying.
3: I'd say that definitely, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but it's it's your first one is, because you don't know what you the don't know what going the on. on yeah. At least every panic attack I've had after that, I know what's happening and it's just getting a grip on myself. Yeah, And I know that this sounds weird, um, but the thing that makes me like, Calm down if I feel like I'm starting to yeah, have a panic like, how attack. Do you work? I um I go to the bathroom and I just like I sit down on the toilet and because it's And you poop
1: out the anxiety. Yeah,
3: I poop out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't go to the bathroom. I just go and I sit in the toilet. I sit like I, I, I use the toilet because it's the place to sit in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah of course. Not because I have to take a huge shit. But like I just kind of sit there and kind of like put my head in my hands and kind of just chill because the bathroom is a place where God willing, no one's going to bother you. And you're, you can, and you're sitting down. It just helps you ground yourself. You're alone and you can process. Okay. What is happening? Why is it making me feel this anxious? Can I control it? Because I think that what I've learned the most about having anxiety is that I can't stress about things that I can't control. If you're, if something is happening, if like today or yesterday, I found out that my computer in my car broke like just broke
1: oh you mean the internal thing a little brain in
3: there and that sucks and it's a huge issue right but i didn't do anything wrong right and i cannot control this right so rather than freaking out and having anxiety about it and thinking about the money and this and this and this and this i first have to just okay chill what now Right, you know. Right. Because otherwise, if you don't collect yourself, you're gonna you're gonna start losing your breath, and you're gonna start freaking out, and that's not good for but you. How or did you figure else. that out? Oh, just practice.
1: But nobody was like, "Hey, man." Nobody talked. I mean, my it. mom,
3: uh, to an extent, just told me like, "You can breathe," you know, like it's it's okay, like whatever. But it was kind of just me. You know, I am I like to figure out why I do things and why I'm the way I am. So right. it was... And also, I don't like to have panic attacks.
1: <laughs> right. But it's also easy to get caught up in your own emotionality and like just sort of, you know, dwell in it kind of, you know? It is
3: easy. And I think honestly, performing and being a stand-up comedian and um, listening to myself talk for two hours a week when I come and do this, like these kinds of things, like I can just kind of say like you have you have outlets i have outlets to vocalize and that's why i'm huge on like if anybody has like any sort of like art or even like it didn't even have to be art like if you fucking love calculus or something or you love science like just putting your brain and your focus towards what you care about pasta
1: and structures you know pasta
3: structures yeah. cooking like anything that like is just for you the, like painting, whatever, like that, these are outlets so that you don't have to just sit inside and suffer inside your own body all the time. Right. You know? Right. So.
1: And that, that is like the worst suffering.
3: No, oh, it's a nightmare. It's a, I feel it. Like if I'm not doing a bunch of stuff, if I'm not busy, um, that's when I start getting depressed. When right. I'm not performing, when I'm not going, you know, going out on auditions, when I'm not going to the gym, when I'm not doing anything for myself, except like, being someone's girlfriend or something like that, like right. I'll go crazy, and that's and that's when I start getting depressed. That's when my anxiety starts getting bad. Like I have to, I have to keep busy.
1: Um, this guy Alfred Woodfox was released after forty three years in solitary confinement. He was held in isolation in a six by nine foot cell. Like what? How? Like first of all, they don't like. He, I mean, like what did? I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just, it, my, my brain goes crazy, but, mm. but like how he was held in that cell for 23 hours a day and like for 43 years. And like what that seems like the worst torture you could give somebody because you're not giving them At an At that outlet.
3: point, you might as well just kill them,
1: but that would be, that would be a, a, a kind, you know, a kinder uh, punishment. And uh, so anyhow, my, that to me, when I heard that, it's just like, that is That is the worst thing because you don't mm-hmm. have an outlet
3: you don't have an outlet you have nothing you've no choice but to get depressed your and your t- days start to bleed together yeah you know yeah it it happens i've been through it i I've been through it within a relationship, and it's fucking bad yeah
1: oh, oh there's an no I'm sorry there's another guy who was exonerated uh, Anthony Hilton was exonerated after thirty years this is the one, and he was in a five by seven uh, rose, uh, foot Cell, and he was on death row, and he was finally exonerated because of and uh, uh, found completely um, not guilty.
3: It's a waste of a, a life. A waste of a
1: life. Yeah, and there's no way. That's what that I'm saying. You might as well
3: re- kill these people. Yeah, because they're might, not having even
1: a life if Even if he's innocent, like it's still a merciful thing to kill him, then to to put him through that. Yep. Oh, by the way, both both men black. Um, <sighs> so. Uh, Chris Miller had his first panic attack when he, he was left in a car at night in a different town at five. Not fun. No, that's that's, that's, that's scary. That is a justified panic attack because you were tortured. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, that that's horrible. Um but anyhow, so you figured you figured out how to manage it. I figured that, out that's how to an, manage amazing. it. There are books. There are there's there are therapists who pe- put people into you know, for 20 years working on ways to do what you did on your own.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to pat myself on the back. I I just did. But like, I, I think that, um, I'm, I'm under the impression that a lot of people are, their own brains are a lot more powerful than they give themselves credit for. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, if you're going to read books, if those help you, then that's great. But ultimately, you're searching for answers that you already have. You might already have. Right. Like it's one of those things where it's like other people can't help you. You can only help yourself.
1: Right. You can read all the get all the the info about diabetes, but it's up to you to to stick totally. to the regimen. And yep. And, and, and like um, Joseph Douglas he had a friend who had diabetes who um, would just eat uh, drink Red Bull and mm-hmm. eat candy and then just inject himself with more insulin. And when you're young, you just don't think about those consequences. And then, as you get older and shit starts to get more real, yeah, like with your panic attacks, like how do you cope with life? You know, yeah. As a teenager, you can hold hold yourself up in your room and like listen to uh, whatever Nine Inch Nails. And sure, is that what you did? No, oh, I thought it was touching a nerve.
3: Um, no, uh, I was I was just thinking about another band that I never want to listen to on K-Rock.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. By the way, the one of the guys, members of it, just died recently.
3: Wasn't it all just Trent Reznor?
1: Um, I don't know. I'll look it up.
3: So Trent Reznor is dead.
1: Yeah. So no, yes. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. R.I.P. Uh. So what? what uh, when did so, you? Were you into comedy during in high school?
3: Um. My brother ran a comedy show in the basement of Michelli's in Hollywood.
1: Uh-huh. And when
3: I was 16 years old, and um, that was
1: what two weeks ago.
3: Yes, and uh-huh. uh, he because the when you're first starting at a comedy show, it's hard to get people to go. Um, none of the waiters wanted to work it, so I would go every Saturday and would run music, and um, I w- I started waiting tables and was seating people. And worked this show and normally it was okay but like I got to see a lot of comedians like I saw Daniel Tosh, I've seen like Todd Glass and like all the like these kind of comedians that are like big now but like were still a little bit smaller back then um, and they would do this room actually Daniel Tosh and Todd Glass specifically I think like had a little bit of a following so like on shows like Todd Glass I remember specifically I was like way over my head because it was just I'm one person, it was packed because he had just oh. uh, he had just done last Comic Standing. Oh, I see. And so did he win? No,
1: no, but he did well.
3: I think that was the year that uh, Bobby, like, the, some Asian guy, won. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, uh, Dat Fan. Dat Fan, yeah. yeah. Um, so not un, not so not funny.
3: I mean, he just does the Zinc. impersonations, parrots, but oh. um,
1: I do that and look at me, yeah, I'm killing it.
3: that's his Dat Fan, corner of the market. But um, so I started getting into comedy then and um. And you know, at, around that time is like when, like I, I got dropped by my agent, uh-huh. um, because I was focusing a lot on Choir uh-huh. and not going on. I, I just didn't have a lot of. My agent wanted me to get emancipated pretty badly. Um,
1: really, That's well, creepy.
3: Cause, well, cause I've always, not to like date me, but no, like, no, no, no. But because well, I've always like, looked older.
1: Right. So. Oh, so you could work as an adult then?
3: Yes, because when oh, I was I as guess. a when I was in middle school. I was getting roles like high school roles and like, and it was just one of those things where, and when I was in high school, I was getting the college or high school roles and they were just like, they don't hire actual high school students for these. They hire 18 to play younger. So he wanted me to get emancipated and I didn't get emancipated. Um, or we were talking about it, but then by the time we were just like, we just didn't, we didn't do it. So um, I got dropped by my agent. And so I, w- I started getting into comedy too because that's when I think the body images uh, issues started happening. Um, so comedy so, was a good. So you
1: got into comedy uh, because of your brother, like or, my or, or brother, you were exposed my, to I it. was
3: exposed to it because of my brother, and then um, I was, do, but I was doing the show choir and I was doing drama and.
1: And what did you think of Todd Glass and, and Daniel Tosh? Like, who were your comedy guys or people like like that you really looked up to?
3: At the time.
1: oh, I, I just got totally uh, uh, Marin-esque. Yeah. Who are your guys?
3: Who are my guys? Um, you know, there was a comedian um, that I really liked. His name was Eric Schwartz. He was very silly. I think he still does comedy. Black guy? No, he's I'm white. Uh, and um, Flip Schultz was... I saw him a lot. Um... I mean, these I, these aren't, like, household names, these comedians, but... Um,
1: That's interesting. So you weren't... You were like, eh, there's Daniel Tosh. He's doing his frat boy humor. I was...
3: And I I, I loved SNL at the time. Um, so, uh-huh. you know, like, I, I loved my Tina Fey and okay. things like that. But um, I kind of just... I, I don't know if I was necessarily... I was inspired by the stand-up comedians that I was seeing right in front of my face. Right, Like, I wasn't inspired... Because my dad was blind, so movies and those kinds of things were not a big part of my childhood. Music was.
1: Oh, interesting. So
3: I—that's why if you ask me if I've seen Citizen Kane or Star Wars or all these things, I haven't seen them because I didn't see them when I was young because we didn't watch movies. Right. So I was inspired by the comedians I was seeing in front of my face. I wasn't necessarily inspired by like this one comedy album that like yada yada, you know like I didn't. And I kind of can. I did on the Giselle Show podcast. They were asking me questions about female comedians in the past to like see how many I could answer, and I couldn't answer. Oh, that's any.
1: right. I answered them all.
3: Yeah, and it was like it. I mean, it's kind of creepy. I can. It's kind of a bummer because like when I started getting into UCB at nineteen, too, it wasn't. Obviously, I loved Amy Poehler, and like I religiously watched uh, Tina Fey, and you know. I was writing two-liners and trying to like submit to Jimmy Fallon because I was like obsessed with moving to New York for like a second. Sure. So like, um, but still like the people I looked up to were improvisers that, like Ben Schwartz and Chad Carter and like these.
1: Wait, was Benny Schwartz, was he a, uh, a UCB guy?
3: Oh, yeah. He just. But out of New York. Out of New he York. He just yeah. moved to LA right when I started oh. getting into UCB. So he was like reachable at that point like i had i'd spoken to him a couple times and but he um, wasn't on a
1: team that like new york people couldn't get on teams right
3: no he just i mean he was so established in new york that he was able he just came over he moved to la and then he just started he like he was in a cage match show that was the first time i saw him Uh, and then um i would see him just pop up on other people's shows every once in a while but like he's someone who i was just like Because by 19, I'd already got, I'd started doing improv. And I was like, that's like, I want to be like him or, you know, like I want to be that, I want to be funny like that and free like that. And so. Right. Which is so, it's so weird because it's like, I guess to use him as like an inspiration because he's really not.
1: So you're like the Schwartzes, basically.
3: I tend to, I tend to like Jewish people, I guess. And Nick Kroll too. Nick Kroll was like, he was still I mean, I think he was a little bit established, but, like, he was doing, like, Fabrice Fabrice and, like, all these characters and stuff. He right. was doing them. They had, Scott Ackerman had Comedy Death Ray. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after, they had CDR Sketch, which was hosted by Mookie Blakelock and someone else. Right. And uh, that's where Nick, I would see Nick Kroll do his characters. Gotcha. And see people doing things and... At Comedy Death, right, I would see like Tignataro and Dimitri Martin and all these cool like the indie guys. Oh yeah, I would see these cool those are the people who inspired me. Pat Oswalt, Dimitri Martin, like these Tig Notaro. Maria Bamford, Tignataro, like these like Anthony Jezelnick, oh, Like funny these are guy. like cool, like indie people that like I saw like the minute before they broke through. Right. So like I almost felt like I was in on something when Demetri Martin got his show on Comedy Central and like things like that. Nice. And it felt it felt attainable.
1: Um can I name drop real quick? Mm-hmm. Maria's coming to my wedding.
3: Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh
1: so uh so then when was the first time you went up?
3: The first time I did stand up.
1: Mhm. And where?
3: Mm, you know I used to do I don't know if there, yes Tyson said a link of who Eric Schwartz was smoothie um I I don't know actually because I started doing kind of loosely like working like jokes into things cuz I was hosting an improv show for a couple years and so I was working into like working in stand up here and there, and I was doing open mics here and there. So I wish I could, I really wish that I could remember because I think the first time I did an open mic, I was like, whatever, I've been doing this at improv shows for so long. Like, this the is the same thing. This is the same fucking thing, yeah. except that, you know, like I think people were used to seeing me go up and like do bits and stuff like that. And right. I, when I started doing stand up at first, I wasn't written jokes, they were bits because I was, even though I, was first exposed to stand-up and I always felt like I identified with stand-up comedians first and foremost before I like when I started actually doing comedy I was an improviser
1: do you remember the first joke that you actually wrote that you were like damn that's a funny joke
3: (laughs) no uh, come on just
1: remember one
3: I'm trying to think um
1: we're getting in deep
3: folks the first joke I can remember the first joke that was pitched to me pretty early on that I, that my friend technically wrote, but I started using and I can, that I, and I still use, which, um, is that, uh, I almost booked a movie with Adam Sandler, um, which is true actually. Okay. I was up for Spanglish when I was 14. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Um,
1: she's not Mexican enough.
3: No, I was to play Adam Sandler's daughter. Oh, too tall. Not
1: Jewish enough. Too tall.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually met the girl who booked that, and my at an audition for Big Love.
1: He punched in the
3: fucking face. No, we actually went to the pier together. It was nice. Oh. Um, but uh, Sarah Steele. Um, she or what am I saying? Oh, right. So the the joke is, I almost I almost booked a, the biggest thing that's happened in my career so far is I almost booked a role or booked a movie with Adam Sandler. But um, I ended up not getting it because he decided to play Jill himself. It's funny. It's funny. It's it good. is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else wrote it, but that was one of the first. That was one of the first jokes that uh, I didn't even fucking write. That right. I just remember. Okay. I wish good. I. I wish I. If I. Okay. So my iPhone is new and it doesn't have all of the notes that I have. If I had my old Look, iPhone, he looks
1: tall on there. I know. Uh, The the is on her on her little splash page and he looks like just like gigantic the biggest. He looks like almost human.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I had my old iPhone, I would be able to scroll back. No, it's fine. Identify. Oh, it's the top of the hour. And you're listening to the Nooner podcast on the podcast radio network. Giselle's not here yet, but I have to pee.
1: Okay, well, go oh, pee. I do. Go pee. I'll talk. I'll talk while you pee.
3: What does Marin do when people go pee?
1: <laughs> yeah, Marin, he he presses pause and oh, goes walks away. Oh yeah, you know, don't take your time. By the way, uh, um, yeah, I guess. Okay, guys, you can tweet in uh, questions for Cassandra. Everybody's been listening. I'm sure someone's got a question. Help me. Uh, help me get this going. Um, and then also, if you want to talk to Cassandra uh, one-on-one, you can ask her a question via the Skype machine that is a Nooner podcast. Um, we are going to probably take a break of at least one episode because I have, I'll have i be out of town doing wedding things and um, hopefully we'll be back the week after. I won't have time to, to do uh, a Gap uh, episode, like a weekend thing, so... I apologize for that. Poor planning on my part. We'll be back soon. And the next time, I'll be weighted down with a giant metal ball and chain on my left hand. Um, but no, it's it should be super fun. Wish you got, could all be there uh, for that uh, fine event. It will be in my parents' backyard. What are you talking so, about? Uh, my wedding. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, and did you get a different thrill from doing stand-up versus doing uh, doing improv? Way. Like, yeah.
3: So improv is I, I so much sh- fun.
1: I didn't have to share the stage with any motherfuckers who kept denying me and getting into my
3: shit. No. No, that's not it. <laughs> uh, improv is so much fun. And stand-up is fun when you do well. Right. Um, But when you it's- don't do well, I feel like you spend the rest of the show... Like, in your chair, watching, like, being cool on the outside, but on the inside, being like, everyone is thinking about how much I fucking bought. And like, I guess the same goes for improv if you guys have a bad set, but like, that's not on me, you know? Right, right. It's like, that's on all of us, and we can kind of talk about it together. And commiserate. As a
1: group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: but it's like, if it's just a stand-up show, like, the only person who I can technically talk about it with is my other stand-up friends who watch me or whoever I brought with me, and like, they don't want to talk about how shitty I did. Right. You know, because like, especially if it's like a friend or a boyfriend, they're like, no, what are you talking about? Like you did great. And like, if they don't tell you that, then you're like, what the fuck? You know, it's, right, just, right, like, right, right. it's just like a really heady thing.
1: Uh, the, But, but when it goes well, it's a, just, a, it's a, it's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's not a high. It's just fun.
3: Well, it's, I mean, it, it is a high because you get off stage and you feel all stoked. And then you're like, cause then you can, you can relax. It's right, over. Right. And you did a good job.
1: right. Um, um,
3: I I Billy Merritt, my one of my improv teachers.
1: Billy is the best. He's right. He was a spokesperson for what was he a spokesperson for? He where he dressed up in a some like restaurant, like uh Carl's Jr. or something like that. But anyhow,
3: maybe he plays a lot of restaurant managers. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dads. A really sweet guy, excellent <laughs> improviser.
3: So nice. Um, and he taught me like if you have a bad show, which I apply this to. Just about everything in my life, to be honest. Not just like okay. improv shows. But Everybody, like
1: even, get your pens out. Yeah, like this, is, this is your big note taking.
3: Dates, uh, meetings, anything. Podcasts. Podcasts. You have the drive home to think about it. I've, and then you're done.
1: I've punched my steering wheel several times coming back from auditions. Auditions, and, a big and one. Dates yeah. And dates <laughs> and podcasts. I'll go for a drive even though this is my house. Yeah, like audition. To,
3: auditions are a big one where I'm like, all right. That make your fucking phone calls on your way home bitch about it whatever but once you get home it's done yeah because you can't go back and do it again yep. so it's and
1: done yeah and you, you'll have many more hopefully you know
3: This is. it goes back to just being able to like focus on things that you can't control
1: uh how'd your headshots turn out by the way they're cute huh.
3: yeah they're cute
1: but you didn't post them yet
3: no I have to wait for my agent to choose, uh, or my manager to choose which one she likes, and then they have to get touched up. And just, uh, blah, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah, blah.
3: like my audition today, I have my long hair headshot.
1: And they'll walk in, and they'll be like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, no, the wrong, 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 wrong. You're, you're not tall enough, yeah. and uh, we need somebody morbidly obese and. And uh, and uh, skinny on the bo- uh, below the waist and like you know I don't know whatever
3: it's pretty it's pretty silly
1: yeah I mean um, well that's the other thing is once you start realizing like ninety percent of it is out of your control oh yeah you know I remember like going in for for Arrested development you know to play like the adopted oh. Korean son and I'm like
3: you went in for Anyang
1: yeah and I'm like hey I'm not Korean don't look Korean. And I'm, you know, whatever, 35 years old. Like, why are you bringing me in? Yeah. And they're like, oh, they're seeing everyone. I'm like, do you not know? Seeing every Asian person. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if, if I should be offended, but you know, you have to go in so that at least they see you and think, okay, well. Tanyaung. Tanyaung, yeah. yeah. And then you do your business, and then they think, okay, well, we'll bring them back for something else.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what you know. it comes down. My uh, roommate uh, had a audition yesterday for Criminal Minds, And she got there. She was supposed to play, play a doctor. And she was like, every single person in the waiting room is an Indian man. Yeah. And I was like, well, then they're probably going to go Indian man. But hey, you're getting in front of the casting director.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel that way. Uh, I go in a lot for roles and I'll be like the only minority. Yeah. You know, ethnic minority. And I think like, okay, either, you know they'll go in a different direction mm-hmm. or I don't know if they're trying to reach their quota. Yeah. You know,
3: like whatever. sometimes it works in your favor. You can't control it.
1: So you just do your business and you do what you can and then you, then you leave.
3: I'm stoked because my audition today is not for a maid.
1: Oh, that's good.
3: I get to be white today.
1: <laughs> you get to be white?
3: Yeah. Oh, nice. Jewish even.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Adam Sandler, Sandler's daughter.
3: Yep. There he is. Um,
1: so, uh, okay, so in, in closing, let me ask you one last question. Okay. What, I know you have to go uh, what is the um, the biggest uh the most momentous uh, part of your career so far?
3: The Nooner Show. Why was that so fucking hard? It took you like, like three I I seconds have to answer. About it.
1: Okay, but no, uh, as an actor and and uh, um, performer, do you have one? Can you think of anything?
3: The most momentous part or the, the greatest the, I think the, I'm in it right now yeah
1: I do I, I mean you're, you're going out a lot
3: I'm going out things are happening you're confident. well right now um the short film I made last year uh was seen by this really rad female director and she wants to remake it like I've got
1: why won't you show us
3: because it's getting remade well, you got you want papillus I went passion fruit today
1: oh my god uh, <laughs> this episode brought to you by LaCroix La.
3: um I, I, water. I can't, I don't want to say it because I, I feel like I'm in it. I feel no like I'm, feel like I'm living it. Uh-huh. And so I can't put my finger on what it is, but like I'm just happy where I am right now and I'm happy with everything that's going on. And uh, I hope that I continue to feel this way. And
1: can we say that we knew you when? Sure. <laughs> Won't be true. If you need to. I mean, you don't really know me.
3: Well, uh, no, you do now. Yeah. After, oh, this, exactly. after my lengthy WT. yeah Well, W-t-f- guys,
1: Thank you for, for listening in. Oh, we're not done yet, by the way, but Cassandra has to. to I do. I have run. to bounce. Yeah. So, bounce with bounce. Break a leg.
3: Got to audition in K Town.
1: All right. Uh, bye. Bye.
3: Hi, Giselle. Uh, she, Giselle
1: has been here the whole time, no. uh, but she's just been respectful of of Cassandra's, uh, you know, need to express herself. So, um, Giselle. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yay. I'll listen
2: in the car. Why have fun. Will you let us
3: know how is you do?
1: Can you talk on the mic?
3: Yes. Will you let us know how is you do? Yes. Oh, also, quick plug. Yeah. I'm hosting an open mic every week now at the same bookstore that Maria Bamford used to do it on Tuesday oh. nights. Oh.
1: Uh, which which one? Uh. Hold on. Not Swark. No. Um. She, she was doing a thing that I'm Swark really plugging
3: that because I wanted Giselle here in case she wants to do some life coaching. at my I would love my to mic. come
2: do some life
3: coaching or or something. Yes. Uh, play. Can I taste yours? Or it's t- You can get it if there's anything else left in there. La croix. Um, it would passion
0: fruit. Be your a pamplemousse.
3: A saliva. Uh, everyone
2: was uh, going Fu fighting. crazy about talking about la croix water, bottled water, canned water, and the pamplemousse. So I went to the store, they have it, and I bought a case to give it a try.
1: You didn't want to start with one before you committed to 24? Well,
2: you can't just just buy one. All right. I did not see one. I saw one case. Okay. Uh, Is that that okay with you, Marty? You seem a little contrary
1: today. I'm just, you
3: feeling contrary.
1: I was really, I really grilled you, didn't I?
3: (laughs) I just mostly talked a bunch. It's at the Pop Hop on York Boulevard. Pop Hop. Pop Hop. Pop Hop. Pop Hop. Yeah. What is the cross street or what's the?
1: Fiftieth. It's like fifty-fifty first uh, Avenue fifty.
3: No, you just you don't have the. Uh, what's the street the, the street address? Oh yeah, 5. That five, five, right. five oh I don't know, yeah five yeah, that's zero zero. So no, Avenue fifty. Fifty. Okay. I don't yeah.
1: know how this shit works. Yeah. All right. Uh, so go see I didn't have a Tuesday. Thomas guy. So tonight. <laughs> night? What tonight. What time? Eight
3: eight p.m. So tonight,
1: tonight at eight. So anybody who's in LA. Go see Cassandra come, come and time. bring your bring your five minutes.
3: It's it's byb low key. Oh, byb
1: but, low okay. key.
2: Your hair look really nice. You look really nice. Have fun. Tell us how it's go for you. Thank you. All right. Bye.
1: So, what is the verdict on pamplemousse?
2: Uh, it was not as pamplemousy as I was expecting. I guess I thought it would be more a little more like soda pop with a more intense flavor. It's pretty subtle. Uh-huh. Subtle. It's like you take a
1: sip and someone goes, grip.
2: Yeah, like that, grip. In one ear. <laughs> and uh, it have a lot of fizz. It have more fizz than I normally put in my soda stream from Israel.
1: Uh huh. So you just do the one pump in the soda stream? Uh, two
2: pumps, three pumps, but uh, mm-hmm. this have more fizz. Anyway, I like it. The can is nice and convenient. Probably I will not buy anymore because. Cases? Yeah, but just because I have uh, the the soda stream, so I can just use my own, don't have to waste all the cans.
1: Well, savor that. Uh, but it's
2: nice.
1: Savor that um, that case, then you know, make it last.
2: You want to know something? This one is my last can. From oh my goodness! Case.
1: Yeah. How long did it take you to get through that?
2: Um, less than a week.
1: Um. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's a,
1: you're very well hydrated.
2: I've been trying to drink more water. They say that's the key to, to
1: what? feeling
2: better in lots of ways. But
1: how much is too much? I think or you how will much is know.
2: Uh-huh. I think you will know. When I took uh, one time, Helmut and me took a class to go hiking, learn how wilderness survival and stuff like this. Uh, WTC?
1: See, we yeah. just did a WTH, a what the heck. And okay. so I'm saying, what WTC? It's
2: wilderness w- training camp
1: course
2: course of course uh, so um they they talk about drinking enough water so that your urine is clear and copious clear and copious uh, so I have not hit it yet so I have more water to go
1: at work they have a thing they say like um, you want your, your your pee to be clear by three o'clock
2: oh yeah
1: I, I don't even know what that means but I think it's very odd. Um,
2: your your work is uh, promoting water. Mm-hmm.
1: You yeah. drink it. Um. They, do they,
2: they offer fizzy alternatives?
1: They they do. Boy and oh boy, including La Croix and uh, wow, yeah,
2: and all those snacks.
1: And they have fizzy water on tap too. It's like Disneyland, oh.
2: wow. but cheaper. But you get paid. Do uh, you? But you don't. Do you enjoy the work you do for them?
1: Yes. Uh, I enjoy I, the work.
2: I know. I can't put you on the spot on the air. Uh
1: this uh week oh, so we we just went through a deep dive. We've got the origin story of Cassandra and it was <gasps> oh, it was really oh, I'm neat. I'm
2: so sorry, I'm missing
1: oh, Well you can listen to it on the pod. It was great. She mm. was She's uh, an amazing person. And uh, we, we, I knew that already. But then just hearing uh, her history and the, the things that she...
2: Did she, she come on with, a boat from Cuba? She
1: did. She did. She, she and um, Elion, But Elion took all the, uh, all the limelight from her. Oh. Elian Gonzalez, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. She, she kept being like, what about me? And they're like, you're too tall. You're too fat. Because that's what she got when she was a, a child actor. She got those two comments. Oh repeatedly. Boy. yeah. Uh or not fat enough. Um
2: Oh boy. Yeah.
1: That, that doesn't I was saying that doesn't fuck with a teenager's head, but apparently it didn't cuz she was she was okay by it. She You was, know
2: what? Uh, I think that she have so much uh light. originality and yeah. talent. Na- nascent talent. She just is a creative and funny person. Yeah. And uh She will try her, her whatever will happen for her in Hollywood with the Hollywood scene, but I'm more excited to see what she do for herself on her own, in her own mold, her own work, and not listen to Hollywood say, you have to be in this box or that box, or you're not big enough for this box, but you're not small enough for that box. They got a lot of boxes. I just would rather see her frolic in her own field it's
1: tough though it is it is tough because um there's um sometimes the field requires a, a an entry you know an entry fee um no
2: her own field don't require no entry uh, fee
1: well but to to get uh, you you can't you can't um um it's you choke know, you, it out come on no um let me f- think my words through. okay. No, I'm now. I'm gonna take my time. Okay. Uh,
2: Entropy is hard for her. Yeah, no, her I, no, theory. I no,
1: I you don't. You can say what you want. I'll just come to my thoughts on my own. Okay. Um, but no, you you know you are have to. You don't get to write the rules for everything. You know, if you want to, if you want to sustain yourself from from um the work that you do, it's you don't always get to call the rules. So not not everybody uh, is J J Abrams, you know, and even he has to play by somebody else's rules. He has to, uh, you know, it's it's hard to be a ho- wholly original, or not a wholly original, but wholly true to yourself and sustain yourself, you know. you have to make compromises.
2: I think uh, that may be true at some point, but I think uh, at this point in uh, her career, I hope she don't get daunted by that thought. It's a uh, it oh,
1: I don't think she's in any. Fear of that, you know. I'm, yeah, that's good. Yeah,
2: because uh, I really like how original she is. So yeah, I'm like I I yeah. forward to see what she brings.
1: I mean, if I had that sort of wherewithal and self-like uh, awareness and confidence at her age, I would probably explode because I, I just I can't even fathom myself with with that amount of.
2: Do um, you have it now? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Lynn is tweeting in. She's on fire this morning. First of all, she say, "You are really making me want to buy that fancy French fizzy water."
1: Um, doesn't fizzy water take <laughs> calcium from your bones faster than regular water, or something crazy? Uh, you know, they say p- perhaps uh, the
2: internet is uh, not clear on yeah, this. Uh, but
1: also it's like it's—is it detrimental? You know, maybe if you have osteoporosis, it's, it's probably. I've read things that say it's
2: not true. It's simply not true.
1: Um, oh, yeah, and according to um, Darren, it is a myth. Uh yeah. but the there there is the truth that it, it is acidic and it will um it can damage your enamel, but the fact is you don't swish it in your mouth. You drink it. It goes right down your gullet, you know.
2: Right. Or if I do swish it, then I rinse with saliva, lick my teeth clean or something like
1: yeah. that. So uh drink drink your la croix, Jenny Marie.
2: No, Carolyn. Oh Carolyn. Uh, I think yeah, you should try uh, no,
1: that was Jenny Marie.
2: Lynn said, you're really making me want to buy that fancy fizzy, fancy oh, fizzy water.
1: But Jenny Marie was asking if it takes all the calcium from the oh. bones. Oh. So that, that's what I was responding yeah, to. both
2: into it. Uh, and then Carolyn said, uh, clear and copious was my high school rap duo. Uh,
1: which <laughs> one were you?
2: Tweet
1: <laughs> Yeah. And where's <laughs> the other one now? Where's the other one today? Uh, so I, I, the new fall season starts this week on television. Not that, uh, do you care at all?
2: I don't have a television.
1: That doesn't mean you don't watch TV.
2: I don't watch, um, uh, many, I don't know. I have not seen what any. What was of the, the last
1: shows. episode of television show you watched?
2: Uh, I watched an episode, some episodes of Vice Principles.
1: And what was your thought of it?
2: A little too mean-spirited for my taste.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I like, I, I don't mind dark, but it just was a little too, uh, I just don't, I, I try to, He's so unlikable and mean to everyone. Which one? Uh, The one who used to have a mullet. Danny. Danny McBride. McBride? Yeah. His character is just so unlikable. And then when the... Spoiler alert, so maybe turn down your volume because I'm going to say a little bit of a story arc. But when the pretty blonde teacher then all of a sudden like him, I did not find any believable reason for that other than... The people who make the script say we need to have a love interest. So it was so, uh, unbelievable to me and I felt it was manipulative and, and baloney. And so what made turn you
1: turn tune it in in the first place?
2: Oh, sometimes that Danny McBride have made me laugh. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I like what he's doing. He, uh, have a lot of originality. Mm-hmm. He do his own thing. There's nobody like him. And he always was, uh, edgy because he's some little bit unlikable in his characters. And I respect that. I say, Oh boy, he's not afraid to be a real sour puss. Yeah. But this one is a little too sour pussy for me.
1: Um, sour pussy was my rap name in <laughs> high school. And I was a solo actor. So now you know which one was me. Uh, do you, well, do you watch any shows religiously or, or do you, do you like ever <laughs> feel like the hype of stuff?
2: No, I'm trying to think. Uh, I participate in a betting group who uh, wagers who's going to win Project Runway.
1: Oh, so you watch Project One Run- Runway. So
2: I check that out, but mostly I skip through it and just watch the runway show. Okay. To see the outfits.
1: Right. You don't care about the cat fighting and the behind the scenes. Not so
2: much. No. I wish that I had more to say, but I don't. No,
1: no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm. It's, uh, it's not. It's actually getting at something. So you don't feel the what's known as FOMO.
2: Fear of missing out. I've heard of this. Yeah. No, because uh, I think we have talked about this before. Two things. One, I've learned how to fake it if it come up i will learn how to fake it and uh um, well you
1: did a lousy job just now
2: well like this like say you're talking to oh
1: did you see um uh, the second season of of uh Mr. Robot like just like the the how well they they brought in drama to like the hacking thing but also the hacking thing is really real
2: it was so it was amazing because you know it touch on things from real life what was your favorite uh, moment of that season?
1: Oh, well, I don't want to put any spoilers out on no, the show. No, that's okay,
2: because I've seen it.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess that, that uh, one where, um, you know, Christian Slater, like, pushes him off the thing. Oh, know? my
2: goodness. I, I was at the edge of my seat. Yeah. I couldn't well, believe actually, it.
1: Well, actually, so was Mr. Rope, or right? so was him. He, and, and he it was saw. crazy. Yeah. You
2: know, I, just the whole thing, I'm like, ah! wow.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. I see. You Good. See well how you done. Make it? All
2: right. I've guys. not, I've not okay. seen any of season two.
1: You guys, you've got two great tips today. One from Cassandra, one from Giselle. So I hope everybody's taking notes.
2: In this day and age, uh, I've noticed that once the word like hit the American lexicon, uh, that you can get away with a lot less specificity. In language these days in, in American culture, because people go, well, you know, I'm like, uh, and then she was like, oh my God. And then I'm like, uh, and you know, it's like, wow. Like you, I did not say anything, but somebody would say, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Mm. So you can use this to your advantage. If you have not seen a program, you just go, oh my God, I saw it. And I was like, wow. And people go, yeah, right, I know.
1: And, but hey, no, but see, Facebook, they came up with, you know, five more ways to like something, you know, with the, with the different emojis. So really they're creating more specificity. Specificity uh, of liking?
2: (laughs) Yeah, of clicking. Uh
1: (laughs) My click specificity is greater on Facebook than it is on Twitter. (laughs) I can only retweet or favorite. I can't me, 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 a sad face thing or, You know, yeah, so thank you. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. It's
2: really, it's muting, it's dampening your enthusiasm. Yeah,
1: and Twitter, you can give me as many characters as you want. I'm still just, I can still only favorite or retweet. (sighs) Um,
2: Carolyn tweeted she was copious. Yes,
1: and... She say her
2: partner, Clear, now owns a button shop. (gasps) Don't you make me so jealous. Does she make her own buttons or he?
1: uh, Does Clear make... Their own buttons. Um, and we have Chris Brown says that The Simpsons, are, are the things that he keeps up with, that's the only show he keeps up with, and he still enjoys the new episodes.
2: Oh, I do too. I like The Simpsons, and I also like South Park. I watched those, but I would not say religious. Did you
1: watch the la- the first episode of the twentieth season of South Park?
2: Not yet. I can't wait. It's
1: very. It's actually. It's. Pretty interesting. It talks about a lot of internet culture stuff.
3: Oh. So
1: what was the second thing you do about F of, about FOMO? You said there are a couple things I do.
2: Yes. So the one is fake it till you make it. The other one is, and that this is for me was just a function of fit getting me. What?
1: Uh, fit me. Fake it.
2: Fake till it till you, you make, make it.
1: it. Fit you. Me. Oh, right. you have
2: a acronym.
1: No, I was having a stroke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Acrobatic acronym. Uh, the second one, I think, for me, is a function of getting older because I just am more uh, settled in myself and I trust myself, have more self confidence, less worry about what other people think of me. Oh my goodness, what is they gonna? I have to impress them. No, I don't. It's okay. Uh, so that is the second one. It's just that I feel comfortable being me. And I don't feel like I'm mm. missing out if I don't like something.
1: You're not defined by your cultural references? Yeah,
2: that's right. And I think... What is wrong with you? No, oh God. It's okay for people who do like it and I don't like it and we hang out together and...
1: Game of Thrones. It's, Come on. It's okay. There's... Stop and see. I it.
2: like to hear what... They like about it. I like to hear about their pleasure, so generous even if of the you. same thing don't bring me pleasure, I still like to hear their pleasure. So a friend of mine she really loved to watch television. she loved it love it loved it every night. she watched many shows she binge watched through Netflix. she liked uh, crime dramas and dramas. Uh, sometimes I like some of these, sometimes i don 't but um I like to hear why she like it she said oh it make me feel so relaxed and it take me away and I like to imagine myself as the characters and it it's fun to go on this journey so I love to listen to her talk about why she like it even if I don't uh, watch Marcella or right. these other things she's watching she's binge watching uh, in treatment now
1: but Oh, wow. That's an old one. Yeah,
2: she loves
1: oh. love it. Oh, nice. But you do consume other uh, media, though.
2: Yeah, and in fact, now that you mention TV, I did watch all of the series called The Night Manager.
1: Uh-huh. All six, six episodes, right? Yeah,
2: six episodes, and I loved it. Oh. I really loved it. It was it, a thriller, mm-hmm. very well acted. Tom Hiddlestonian. Hiddleston and uh, the, who's the British guy, House, Mr. House?
1: Uh-huh, yeah. What's his name? His uh, name is uh, From. Fry and whatever. No, no, come no, on. No, no, but Stephen Fry was his old comedic partner. Yeah, yeah, but he was... Well, uh, we'll never know. We'll never know. Hugh Laurie. Hugh
2: Laurie! Uh, Hugh Laurie. Uh, so... Yes, he's great. He he's a fantastic actor. was actor.
1: nice. Love watching him.
3: He, he played great. You know
1: what? Oh, just so you know, he's also tremendously funny and, you know, in music yeah. and whatever, but, you know, he came from, came up through comedy with uh, Fry and Laurie and uh, okay. don't you find that most of the best actors are, are like, it's easier for Comedians to become actors, than it is for actors to become comedians.
2: Yes, I think uh, from what I've seen, absolutely, um, because they say a tragedy is the soul of comedy, uh-huh. something like this, don't they say that? I don't that uh, comedy come out of tragedy. So people who are comedians, I think, have often is very closely uh, in touch and connected with their sadness and their feelings of alienation. That's where the comedy comes from. So out of that, they can... uh, What? What do you need? Is something playing? Yes. Am I talking over it?
1: No, but I need you to put them on.
2: Oh, okay, hold on.
1: (laughs) Here we go. Okay, we have to work on the, the sign language thing, you know, so like we're not...
2: Um, oh, okay, yeah. Just hold your hands up to your ears. Then, like you—that's what I did. Yeah, but I—I I did. I only saw them go up. I'd keep them a little longer to your ears. So.
1: Uh, you rang? I'm
2: old.
0: You hey, I did ring. This? Yeah.
2: It's like talking to your grandma.
1: It really is. Uh, it's, we're talking to Darren Husted oh, from Wolf Amsterdam.
2: Hey. Hello, Darren.
0: <laughs> Hello,
2: Giselle. Can Giselle not hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah, I put my headphones on.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I forget you're a serial offender for not wearing headphones. Yes, That's right. yes.
1: she likes her ears pristine and un- unmolested. Um, so I don't
0: know. How, I mean, how terrible are these headphones that you have? That oh, see? you know, they're, they're going
2: to be a collector's They're
1: wired. Items.
2: Yeah, they're old school earbuds. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: you're going to have to get some of those iPhone ones without the well,
1: anything. These are the iPhone ones with the thing.
2: You know the website that I enjoy so much, Reddit? They went crazy against those AirPods. <laughs> they have all pictures from there's something about Mary. <laughs> you know the scene where he have his self love hanging from his ear? Oh. That's what they say it looked like.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. so Darren, what's going on?
0: Well, you know, I, Giselle doesn't watch TV, but I watch a lot of TV, so I just wanted to give some thoughts on um, premiere week.
2: Oh, okay. great.
0: Tell us what you like what you about call. it. Well, because I don't live in your country, your television is exotic to me. So, with our um, crazy
1: a- lack of accent and affect <laughs> and flat way of speaking,
0: yeah. um, and and the and the fact that you take the the entire of like December and January off to have no new episodes, yeah, and all that. Stuff and everything goes on for twenty episodes of the season.
1: Oh, right, all, right. Of
0: that, all of it's kind of crazy to anyone who's not in America.
1: Right, three times as long as your shows. Uh, so, what are yeah. you looking forward to this season?
0: Well, I'm looking forward to The Good Place with friend of the show Kristen Bell.
1: Yeah, and Ted Danson. And,
0: and Ted Danson returning to comedy for the, on NBC for the first time in what twenty two years? What like that? that. I saw what?
2: a billboard for that show. What is it about?
0: Uh, it's about people who are in heaven and I think the premise is Kristen Bell's not meant to be there and she has to do nice things to convince everybody that she should be there. Oh,
1: that's funny. Uh, did you ever see defending your life?
0: I didn't, I haven't seen defending your life, no, but I just feel like it's something in that kind of similar, like vein, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: it does. Uh, Everyone should see that movie. It's, it's a really, you've seen that, right? Giselle? Yeah. I found uh, with, uh what's his name? With what's his name? Hugh Laurie. No, um, the other one uh, with the curly uh, hair. Stephen Fry. Um, no,
2: uh, you don't get to say the words um, nest or egg.
1: Yeah, uh, I had an, some. I, I had saw him in the an omelet on a round stick or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> um, Albert Einstein is his Albert name. Albert Brooks. Born Einstein. Yeah,
0: Albert Good Einstein you is you his, remember his name. It. Yeah, and. Um, the Good Place has got – the music's done by the guy who did the stuff, the music for Arrested Development, oh. David Schwartz. Uh-huh. And it's written by the guy who did Parks and Rec, Michael oh. Schur. Wow,
1: th- oh. that's a great pedigree there.
0: Yeah, uh, so, you know, that seems – and it, it will be – I think it will be coming leading out of Superstore on Thursdays.
1: Oh, okay. Well, and a show I won't be on, alas. <laughs> um, no. So, Unfortunately, uh, and yeah. anything else that you would want to recommend for everybody?
0: Uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to guess that this season of New Girl will probably be its last because it's six seasons in and it barely gets any ratings. Is and she really
2: and- new anymore?
1: I know she's That's like.
2: What we have to ask?
1: She's yeah. Yeah. Rode hard, put away, well. wet girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, although Zoë Deschanel's directed some episodes this season, so she's she's trying something new.
3: Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. And I'm looking forward to the return of uh, the Goldbergs and Blackish. Um,
1: yeah, Blackish no. is one I binge watched, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very funny. I think the kids are good, and I think that. I
0: think yeah. I think they did they did the episode last season about the, the chance of Junior being killed
1: which sounds dark, right?
0: but it wasn't, but like, you know, basically all about the shootings.
1: Right. And they right. put
0: it into the context that it, it it might be something that might happen to Junior, despite the fact that he's like a goofy kid who poses no threat to anyone, but you know, simply because of the color of his skin. And I thought that was like a really powerful episode. Uh, um,
1: And any hour longs that, you, that you're into?
0: Uh, I mean, everyone loves, um, svu which is going into season 18 i'm looking for i'm looking for that to go another three years so it can beat Gunsmoke.
1: right uh, all right
2: oh but, uh, what when it beats Gunsmoke? how will that make you feel
0: That made me feel happy you know
2: <laughs> that uh like that time marches on that you were alive for this milestone
1: that rape investigation is beats out westerns
2: yeah, the, yeah. The, how things change over time yeah yeah, yeah. it's interesting
1: Oh. Well,
0: it's weird because basically half of like NBC's hour-longs are all connected to um, that universe because you have Chicago PD and Chicago Med and Chicago Fire. And I'm almost certain there's going to be another show with Chicago in the title. Oh, yeah, in, Sh- Chicago season. Presidency.
1: That's what Seth Meyers proposed. <laughs> he, he proposed to yeah. Donald Trump that if he drops out of the race, he promises that he will get him a show on NBC called the Chicago Presidency where he can, or Chicago president, where he can be the president, but it takes place in Chicago.
0: Yeah, because that's, that's the that's the only that's the only thing that makes any ratings on NBC is yeah. if you put Chicago in front of it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> none of those shows shot in Chicago, probably.
0: I wonder if um, no, no, they are shot in Chicago, Marty. I yeah. don't know why you doubt they, the they, veracity. I mean, like, they, they, you can see their locations on like Google Maps and stuff, where the fire stations are and everything where they wow. they shot it. Yeah. They made a point. They made a point oh, of uh, right. of shooting there. Have
2: you ever been to the United States?
0: Yeah, really? Yes, I've been to New York three times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in New York um, in July two thousand and one. Um, so. Oh
1: wow! So. Yeah. And then you were barred from ever coming back.
0: Oh no, I've been I've been back a oh. couple of times since then.
1: Okay. Um, well, you but, should come out to California, and we'll have you in the lair. Um, and you yeah, can, you can, that'd be nice. Yeah, we won't give you a mic, but we'll put you in a, a little corner with a computer <laughs> and you can tweet things at us and correct us just over the Twitter.
2: We could have Peter W D come up too.
1: You sure, we have him here of you know, with fair frequency. It would be
2: like a, a meet Yeah. Um, lo- meet well,
1: Darren, thank you so much for calling in. I have
2: in. a quick question okay. for Darren.
0: I'll go uh, for the coverage
2: zone. Did you watch the Night Manager
0: six-part series? No, I didn't. I uh, okay. I thought about watching it, but um, okay.
1: What did you sh- yeah. What did you not listen from the previous podcast? You say, "Oh my goodness!" What was your favorite <laughs> moment? That was the <laughs> that the right response. Okay, I hate to call you out on it, but it's,
0: can't yeah. I can't? Unfortunately, I can't. I, like, if I don't like something, I can't fake pretending to like something. Oh
2: yeah. Well oh, okay. you could have
1: pretended to see it though. You know, you
2: have a. Eh. You have a, a lovely, innocent sincerity about you,
1: and uh, and uh, honesty, and
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I I mean, it it looked okay, but um, you know, I've, I think I've seen enough of kind of like spy stuff. Uh-huh. Um,
2: what is going to happen <laughs> yeah. when your significant other say, "Hey, do these pants make me look fat?" and you say, "I I can't lie, I can't lie." <laughs> I I have a sincere honesty about me.
0: (laughs) Whether or not you've seen a TV show is different to not hurting people's feelings. That's a whole different thing. Oh, okay. It's a different set of lying. Wow. Just saying, no, I haven't seen a TV show, or no, I haven't. That's that's not okay. That's not
1: okay.
2: Uh, You know. the reason why when I say I fake it till I make it is not to try and put one over on people but more not to interrupt the flow of the conversation. They are excited no, exactly, about it. Exactly. And I want to participate in the excitement.
0: Right. Uh, but right.
2: and I don't want to just shut it down by going, No, I have not done it. Yeah.
0: Whereas I if I know someone is a fan of something I genuinely want to get into the nitty gritty and discuss what they enjoy about specific things. So I don't want to like string them along because
1: I see. Yeah. Well, January said hard. that you have Chicago law to look forward to. Uh, it's of
0: course. To- I completely forgot. Didn't I? Yeah, I completely you did. forgot about Chicago law. So oh, that's going to be so much fun. That is.
1: All right. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, call back and let us know, um, give us a recap of every Chicago law episode and, um, uh, and we'll put you back on it's called chicago justice i think um but no
0: i think you i can't remember what i think they were going to call it chicago law i think it might be called chicago justice now yeah
1: yeah okay well either way i'm there um
0: well once they get to chicago order then they'll have the whole set won't they yeah
1: and and chicago s and chicago v and chicago u (laughs) um all right. Well, uh, yeah, please call in any time, Darren. We appreciate all that you do for us and maintaining the uh, Tumblr page with Tyson. Well, it's, it's a great thing. So we'll talk I to you soon. I just
0: want to thank on the air as well. Say thanks to him because he's, he's always a great help.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we rely on both of you. Um, and uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. And so we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks or so. Or Okay. <laughs> Bye, thanks, Darren.
0: Darren. He's oh. um, so nice. He's
1: great. We love having him, and he's very well-knowledged. Um, he
2: is well-knowledged. I don't
1: even know if that's a term, but I was going to say, well, I don't know. So, but you also listen to podcasts, too.
2: Some, yeah. Mm-hmm. And do
1: you listen to ones religiously where, you, like...
2: Every week, you mean? Yeah. Yes. It's embarrassing. I like, wait, wait, don't tell me. Uh-huh. I like the moth uh-huh. stories. Um though that one you know what I'm so thankful for the ability to scrub Uh-huh. because you can just go to the part you want I yeah. cut through all the introductions
1: I guess what I'm getting at is there's just so much stuff out there yeah and it's overwhelming and then you know I go through my podcast list and I'm like I gotta listen to everything and I'm just doing stuff and it's just playing in my ears and nothing is really sinking in oh. but I've listened to it, you know, and then but do you ha-
2: but and then, then
1: I'll sometimes listen, it might play on the radio, and I'll be like, oh, I just listened to this, and then hear it for the first time, kind of, because I wasn't oh, listening to it. Oh, yes, But yes. I feel like the need to consume, and so finally I've gotten to the point where I can, I can skip a week of comedy, bang, bang, you know, and be like, you know what, I'll listen to five minutes of it, and no, that's fine.
2: What is, tell me more about when you say, I feel the need to consume.
1: Well, because it's that FOMO thing, fear of missing out, and it's also this this sort of information overload. And so, you know, there's just so much stuff, so much content out there. Like, there, I feel the need to consume it, and so that I'm I'm on top of things, and and it it, it sort of um, feeds a, a an irrational anxiety. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. And I think you're not alone. Right, um,
1: but you don't feel that at all.
2: No, but when I first was get rid of my TV and stop to stop to watching shows, uh, I did feel that. So there was a period of adjustment because I felt uncomfortable. Hey, I'm going to be out of the loop, and I'm going to be, um you know, unable to relate to people like this. I have these fears and it was uncomfortable for about a month 3 weeks maybe and then i simply started to notice my own actual direct experience which was mm-hmm. that it did not make any difference mm-hmm. that my friends were still my friends right that conversations still flowed and i could still participate in them that uh, i still was able to go to the grocery store and get groceries and earn money and spend it on groceries and chat with people. Everything's still the same. It's okay. So, but it was a. I, it took a little time to calm down for the fear to calm right. down enough to notice that hey, right. this is all right. Right.
1: And your 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 faculties are still there. Yeah. You're still the same. Your personality hasn't changed. That's right. And nobody thinks you're a lesser person because you missed out on That's something. That's right.
2: And my brain still work, it still can do problem solving, even if I'm not keeping track of every single problem all the time. Mm-hmm. It, my brain is able to click in when I need it, and click out, man, when I don't. Uh, a little more, a little better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they call it information overload. Yeah. You know?
2: it's, a, it's a real uh, issue. A lot of people I think uh, suffer from this.
1: But I also find that it can be a substitute for like your own general creativity right because you know you'll have to occupy you can occupy your brain with with taking in information but you're not necessarily processing it fully right. and 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 creativity requires a lot of reflection and and uh you know sort of thinking I
2: think you said something really smart there uh, very deep do you have trouble sleeping at night Not really Oh that's good to know Um I was listening to a guy who was Oh, I think it was on Reddit, actually. Someone was talking about having trouble sleeping. And somebody... I think we have talked about this. Somebody else chime in and he say, you need to give your brain time to ruminate during the day. Because if you're constantly consuming media on social media, looking at the computer, listening to podcasts, watching TV, la 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 information overload, your brain does not have time to process. So the first instant that your brain get a chance to rest, which is when you close your eyes and lay your head on the pillow, then your brain go, okay, now we can process. And it start to think and think and think, and you don't get to sleep. So cutting back on the information overload is healthy for your brain, give your brain a chance to uh, do the work it wants to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, they say that's what sleeping is about, is about uh, not uh, um, necessarily uh giving your well it's giving your chance your brain a chance to to rest and basically one theory is that you know as your your um, brain is firing during the during the day it's creating all these sort of waste products from from that and then sleep allows you to drain it out
2: waste products like uh, thought garbage
1: thought garbage yes, yes. Thought but garbage. but actually like chemical thought garbage
2: chemical thought garbage like,
1: um or thought leavings or, like uh, thought post, uh, like
2: compost part of your thoughts. Brain poo. Brain poo.
1: <laughs> brain poo, if you will.
2: Brain, brain, can we call it brain post?
1: Uh, brain post. There you go. And uh, you're just—it's like a flushing, and they, you know your um, your cerebrospinal fluid drains out, and you know, yes. and that's that's one of the theories of what what uh, is happening, and and they think that dreaming might be a byproduct of that, you
2: know. Do you all have dreams? Oh, sure,
1: yeah. 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 And so because you're, you sometimes relive or, not relive, but you have dreams that relate to things that happen during the day, and it's because it could be because those parts of the brains were firing, yeah. and so when you're draining the parts out of there, then those, those parts of your brain get re-excited, you know?
2: I have uh, crazy dreams every night, really crazy dreams, and I, Tell Helmut about them the next morning, and they never sound as crazy as they feel, you know, or as funny. I show you an example. This was really funny in my dream. Was uh, I have a friend, uh, uh, and she, she, her father have passed away uh, some years ago, and he was a good friend as well, and she's sort of like my goddaughter. Anyway, in my dream, she was on her cell phone talking to her father. And I was on a cell phone talking to my father and we thought we was talking to the same father in the same three-way conversation, but it was not. It was two separate (laughs)
0: conversations.
2: You see, nobody ever think your dream is as funny as you think it is.
1: I think I heard someone say like never talk about your dreams Yeah, you know because they're never as interesting as in and also they I didn't have happen proven that yeah oh no nonsense that was a delightful delightful thing
2: interlude but listen can i tell you something
1: mm,
3: maybe jo-
2: joseph douglas watson is also on fire today there's a conversation going um about, about project runway. yeah about project runway and they say uh Sexy guy from New Orleans deserved to stay, and I was happy he did stay. The other guy was an head, the one who was voted off.
1: Oh, my God. And then right?
2: you say, well, like, he was a little uh, little closed off right. to yeah, possibility.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when, yeah. So I was and like, I, oh, my God.
2: I felt for him because I sensed that his his closing off ultimately came from fear. Right. Which, which comes from being hurt. His fear of being hurt, he's been hurt. So I, I felt compassion for him, even though he was a little bit of a stick in the mud in the mm-hmm. moment.
1: So what was your favorite m- moment of the season? But well,
2: I want to assist it. Uh, well, 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 oh he said he said I think the eliminated guy was also a ginger, which I usually support, yeah. but he was rude.
1: He was so rude, right? <laughs> he was, it's like he was what was your bit, favorite part of this he was season? Really
2: close, so far? Oh yeah. You're doing that to me. You're so good. You're so good. I was
1: trying to be really obvious about
2: it. Well, I was going to buy it. I was like, oh, in my brain, I was thinking, oh, Marty, watch Project 1x2. Oh, my you God. You know, actually, the other thing you do by doing that, by asking people, oh, what was your favorite part? They're excited about it. They want to talk about it. You are giving a listening space for them to share their joy, and they want to. Right. That, uh, and if you are um, what they say a committed listener, if you're really listening and, and interested in what they have to say, it don't matter if you have seen it or not. It, you know, if you're saying, "Wow, I really wow, that's cool, that character." Well, I tell you, my favorite moment was there's a guy on there who don't mind helping the other designers when they ask for help, and I think that's so nice. He's really about supporting all of them in their individual creativity, at least after week one. So that's cool.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, so, in that, getting back to this this information overload, like, how do you you know you 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 consume a fair amount of media? You're looking at twi- Twitter right now, and and um, like, and you listen to podcasts. So, how do you uh, find? Wherewithal to be creative? Like, do you find it gets in the way of your creativity? Uh, ever, like not maybe not now, but has it ever?
2: Yeah, um, if I know that I have to make, I want to make some buttons, but I'm stalling because I'm reading on the Reddit's or watching Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> I should make a Tom Hiddleston button
1: um, or a quesadilla with Tom Hiddleston. <laughs>
2: You know, I usually like gentlemen who have bigger mouths than he.
1: He's got he, very narrow lips. He
2: have narrow lips and a, a thin, thin mouth. Uh, what they call a mou, m o u x, mou. This is a French word, I think, for a little, teeny mouth, like a like a little baby doll mouth. I think
1: it's m o u e.
2: M o u e.
1: Maybe it's different and translated in German.
2: No, well, it's a French word, so you're probably know, maybe right. They translate But he have a bit of a moo for my taste, moo-moo. Uh, but, uh, you know, what helped me uh, when I'm feeling creatively fallow is to set myself a deadline, like maybe I will uh, find somebody who wants a button, if I get a button commission, and then I have a deadline, I have to make some buttons. So that helped drive me, the deadline forced me to be creative. Also, if I don't have a deadline and nobody wants me to make a button and I'm reading too much Reddit, maybe I sign up for a class because I have to show up to class. The other students fuel the creativity and we be creative together. So doing something in a group also forced me to be creative and those things have got me out of my rut when I have a rut.
1: Um, when it's rutting season. <laughs> yeah, but I find... <laughs> I
2: made a joke. <laughs> yeah, rutting, rutting season. Oh,
1: but, it, you know, it's hard because it is easy to get caught up in and just be like, okay, I'll do it as soon as I finish watching these clips from, you know, watching this last night's Daily Show, you know? Yeah. And then, oh, well, that just ate up a half an hour of time. And, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I heard also that it takes 23 minutes to get... If somebody, if something distracts you from a task, it takes you 23 minutes to get back into the task again. Like to
2: get your brain back in yeah. the zone.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's and there are times when you find yourself in in the zone, right? And you're incredibly productive, and, and you can't, you know, and, and you don't even think about distractions. You don't think about other things. And I find that that is increasingly hard to get into that groove in this world of constant tweeting yeah. and, and distraction and um, words with friends etc etc so, yeah. but you don't have you managed because you also follow reddit pretty rig- rig- rigorously right
2: I do I spend a little more time on there than probably I should uh, so it's about well at some point Marty I think we just have to have some discipline put the phone in the other room put the computer off or whatever. Say, you know, just be disciplined and just say, I'm not going to read Reddit for the next half hour. I'm going to do
3: X, but it's Y, It's so or
2: hard, It's hard. It is true. You can't just true. say it. Yeah, I think you can. You say it, you, you do it.
1: You can say it, but you can't just do it.
2: Hey, my friend is called.
1: Well, let's not take the call now unless you.
2: You sure? Could be entertaining. Okay, go ahead. But how could we put him on the air?
1: I don't know. I don't
2: yeah I put him on hello there
1: put him on speaker
2: oh can I put you on speakerphone hi can I put you on speakerphone okay Uh, we're podcasting now this is my friend Chip Chinnery hello Chip hello (laughs) you're shy you did not sign up for this hey Chip when was the last
1: time you saw Giselle in person? I can't
3: hear very well.
2: He said he said when was the last time you saw me Giselle in person? Who is that? Marty want to know when was the last time you saw me in person. Well, ours is a friendship. Giselle? Yeah. <laughs> ours and is what's the last
3: time I saw Giselle in person.
2: It's been qu- quite a long time. Ours is a friendship that really thrives by uh, telephone.
1: Well, th- that was what I was getting at. So, do you know?
2: Do you know, Chip, when was the last time you... I hear, was the question. He said, do you know when was the last time?
1: I don't know. I don't. And how often do you Who's talk... the other person in the room. I can't make that up.
2: Oh, it's Marty. Marty, you. Marty with the party. Chip, maybe I will call call you later. Okay, bye.
1: (laughs) Well, that was a fun experiment. That not everything works on the show, you know. Well,
2: we tried. (laughs) Yeah, but
1: but you know, Chip is is a a a very funny guy. Yeah. And and we thought that it would be fun to have a funny man on the show, but maybe not in um, in uh, by speakerphone. Maybe we should. Would you ever want to invite him in?
2: Uh, he, I, I've asked him. He's not interested in podcasting. I was going to have him on um, the Giselle Show podcast, but he don't want to. He sometimes uh, do little funny phone calls with me. We have little skits, what he do. Oh, okay. yeah.
1: wow. Uh, so I
2: guess that was the last time I saw him, maybe a month or so ago when we was recording a bit. He's um, pretty funny.
1: Yeah? And, yeah. And he's like... He's an, a performer, right?
2: He's an actor, yeah. He do television shows and commercials, and sometimes he do movies. Wow. I wish he would do... Uh, Podcasts? The, yeah, because he's so funny, but...
1: Well, maybe, would he ever Skype in with us?
2: I doubt, I don't think so. He's he not interested in that kind of thing.
1: And who's he going to vote for in the election,
2: Oh, boy, that's a real big question. We He and I have sort of a don't ask, don't tell. He don't want to know, and I don't want to know.
1: But And you guys talk several times during the week, right?
2: Yeah, we talk usually every day.
1: And that's so interesting that you talk every, almost every day and then you see each other... Uh, rarely. Rarely.
2: It don't really work out in person as much as on the air, on the, on the
1: telephone. I don't have a relationship like that with anybody.
2: No, he's my only one like this.
1: A, because it's... I, I don't know, I figure if they can talk to somebody on the phone and I just... Uh, you no, can, you
2: know why? Uh, because we both like to multitask.
1: Oh, so it's just sort of passing the time. Yeah. It's like me listening to my, my podcast. Yeah,
2: he yeah. like a live podcast. Uh,
1: <laughs> so it, live interactive podcast.
2: He, he called me up and he say, he, he, he left me a, a phone message one time. He say, where are you? This laundry is not going to fold itself. <laughs> he wanted me to keep him company on the phone while he fold his laundry. And I'm happy to do it, but I was not home. Also, sometimes he called me, and uh, when he's feeling tired in the afternoon, maybe he's going to have a, a nap, and he called me to talk him down into sleep because he finds me very boring sometimes. <laughs> I don't mind this. I'm happy to play my part. So he called me up, and he say, hello, said, hello, Chi." And I said, oh, hello, Chip. He goes, what's happening with you today? And I said, well, I had to go to the pharmacy to pick up a glue stick and uh, I read this thing on Reddit and I do the dishes and I've made some buttons for commission. And then he go, okay, that's good. I'm going to go to sleep now. <laughs> I put him to sleep.
1: Uh, that's a skill.
2: I, I should rent myself out as a sleep aid.
1: Oh, yeah. You could be a service. You could be a call-in service. Yeah,
2: I will just chat with you about boring things until you fall asleep. Um,
1: like the... the. Uh, I know.
2: wonder if anyone would like this service.
1: Well, yeah, they of course they would,
2: yeah. I would love to do it. I would love to do it. Just say, hey, you know, I'm looking out. The hillsides are a little brown this time of year. But I've really grown to love the bushy sage and the scrub desert, it's really pretty. Uh, things are growing on a much more minuscule scale than dramatic like uh, jungle or rainforest, you know. You have to really look closely at the little teeny flowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: I would love to do it.
1: You know, you can have your own ASMR channel on YouTube. And- do you
2: think? Yeah. You unwrap like a... They had... Oh, talk, this morning okay, I was listening talk, to NPR. from Amazon.com. And the lady was uh, reviewing a Missy Gray jazz album. Mm-hmm. And she's a jazz reviewer. And she had that jazz reviewer voice. She was saying, I really love what Missy Gray has done on this album. She has a beautiful uh, tone of qualities. And she's really found her groove. And la, la, la. Like this. I think she could have an ASMR...
1: Uh, that's oh, so funny.
2: Can I tell something to the listeners? Mm-hmm. Uh, my iPod have oh no, I can do on my iPhone. I was gonna say my iPod have run out of juice, so I cannot tweet anymore. But I think my phone have tweets.
1: That's a good. That's what you wanted to announce.
2: Well, just so people know, if Joseph oh, Douglas okay. Watson and Carrie mm-hmm. Lotion.
1: Yeah, this is a podcast, not a tweetcast.
2: cast. Uh, we have to keep it, keep
1: with our friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, I didn't get it. They
2: might be the only ones actually listening ever. We don't know the numbers. We
1: don't know the numbers. Uh, Can we
2: get the numbers? I
1: don't know. Will Wilkins, um, can you get us the numbers? What's the number? You are number two. No, you are number six. I am number two. Um, that's a pretty old reference. Will Wilkins does say, okay, I'm going to read one email. I know that we had a whole bunch, but I, I, um, we were just running out of time. He says, why do you think that, um, Donald Trump seems to glide by on all the lies that he says during speeches and interviews because nobody calls him on it. Nobody ultimately cares. Nobody, it doesn't change uh, people's love uh, of Donald Trump. People, uh, if they love him, they'll be like, oh, that's just Donald being Donald. He tells it like it is. He tells it like, I mean, which doesn't make any sense. Um, and he's just masterful at deflecting. And, and so is his entire support team. It's maddening for uh, those who don't support him and those who do support him don't seem to care. Do, you, do you, Have you been following that at all, how Donald Trump lies and lies and lies?
2: Yeah, I notice.
1: Does it, it bother you?
2: It makes me very sad and very afraid. Uh, Helmut was saying, he heard somebody was saying, and I, I've had this thought my, myself, I think that if that man become president of this country, then... Um, there's going to be a World War III for sure. I think he will just lead us into a big violence in the world.
1: Um, if you at all, um, if you want a great breakdown of it, of, of the lie, just the most recent one, Samantha B. did a great thing last night, and it's all on YouTube. Seth Myers did a great thing last night on YouTube. That's now on YouTube, and so did Stephen Colbert. So just show Uncle Jim, the one who's like, who's this... The the you know mildly racist, uh, blatantly sexist uh, uncle who's going to vote for Trump. Show that to him and say, ask him what he thinks about that. And the response can't be, "Well, Hillary has thirty thousand emails that she destroyed. Where are they?" No, the answer, the question is, "What about Trump specifically? And what would what do you how do you defend that without invoking Hillary Clinton's false or not whatever overblown scandals? Like just alone in a vacuum, what do you do about?" about someone like Donald Trump who Yeah, lies. not
2: to deflect. that You make a very good point, Marty.
1: Um, thank you. Uh, it's one of few. And then Will Wilkins also asks, have we read that piece that was in HuffPo and, um, and Facebook about uh, the sort of sexism against Hillary? Uh, you know, I haven't, but also I feel like it's, I'm not surprised. I mean, so much of it about it is, you know, she's this incredibly tough woman who... Uh, helped bring down Bin Laden and, you know, has worked in far more in military issues than, than Donald Trump has, the draft dodging Donald Trump has, and she doesn't get enough credit for it. And I think that, you know, these generals who are coming out against her and for Trump, I think it comes down to sexism because you cannot defend Donald Trump who doesn't support veterans, who, you know, who lied about giving them money, who... Dodge the draft, and who says that he would just, you know, that we should uh, go to war against Iran because one of uh, a sailor slipped off, a, you know, an aircraft carrier or whatever, like, flipped off the US. Like, that is not grounds for war.
2: In his little brain, it is. He's a very scary man. Yeah. I really, really hope that those people who can vote for Hillary will come out and vote and uh, not be complacent, oh, my vote doesn't matter. The votes is very, very important.
1: Yeah. So that's I, I think, you know, this weekend Barack Obama was just so amazing when he just so passionately said, get out and vote and that is yeah. that is I think going to be the deciding factor in this. It's so easy to be like, Oh, they both suck and that that's what the the media is and actually that's what uh, yeah, the media wants it to be a close race because then people tune in. You know, so they create these false equivalencies, and so does the Trump campaign. And it's not. It's there. There's a very clear difference between Hillary Clinton being stupid about the internet because she's the, like the fact that she knows what an email server is is amazing to me because my mom doesn't know what that is, and so they're about the same age. You know,
0: yeah. and, and
1: so like the fact that she's not internet savvy doesn't make mean that she's dishonest or that she's uh that that she's somehow um you know secretly plotting something she's not a conspirator she's just part of an old guard but her she's a a dedicated public servant who has given her life to making this country better and donald trump is not and it's so easy to be like well you know she's she's made millions giving speeches well donald trump made millions cheating people out of money so like who's who's worse and it's pretty clear yeah so um we'll i'm sure in the weeks to come we'll talk about that more Uh, like i said next week we're going to take the week off oh yeah where are you going um uh, well you can listen to the show and and you'll mentioned it earlier i'm not going (laughs) to repeat myself and um but do you have any plugs
2: coming up Uh, plugs plugs no i don't have any plugs
1: what's going on with the podcast
2: uh you know, I just have not made it one. I was busy doing other things, but uh, at some point, I got to get on it and make another one, do another episode.
1: You must.
2: I just have not done it. Um, uh, relaxing.
1: That's good. It's good to relax. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll be back in hopefully in a week um, uh, or in two weeks, but still, I have to end you know the show as I always do. Um, and I'll, I'll get back to the emails. Um, yeah, the we'll week after okay. uh, will do We might have um, new people on. We'll have. We're going to try to spice things up as as we as the show evolves soon, uh, further. And we appreciate. Oh, if you have ideas of things that you want, uh, please email us in at noonerpodcast at gmail dot com. If there are people that you want back, let us know. Um, hopefully, we'll um, we'll uh, get these people back on. And in the meanwhile, we will. See you next next Tuesday Bye for now
0: If that that
2: that If that that
1: That fuck, and that fuck,
0: it, that fuck, it, that fuck, that fuck, that oh yeah, pop! oh yeah, pop! oh yeah, pop! oh
3: yeah,